With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Are you tired of endlessly searching for work, applying for jobs and never hearing back? Job openings vanishing into thin air? What if with just one connection, you could link with dozens of companies that are hiring? What if that connection was a locally owned business ready to help without charging a fee? Express Employment Professionals is your one connection. Go to ExpressPros.com. With endless opportunities, it's time to try something new in your job search. Let Express Employment Professionals help you start at ExpressPros.com. Thanks for listening to the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weeknight, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern, 7 to 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every night on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Greetings, welcome inside the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon, live from the Geico Studios, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more in car insurance, more info. Visit geico.com. Got a lot to get to tonight. Lakers in a tough one. The Knicks are winning. We got a barn burner on Monday Night Football. It's 3-2. to two. Clay Patriots Thompson has 182 lead. points. Yeah, and, and the game is still going. Yeah. And spending an hour with us, because when you write a book, you get to come in and spend an hour on this show. Marcellus Wiley. What's up, brother? In. What's happening, dude? Welcome oh, in. I'm doing great, man. In great spirits right now. Buffalo's in contention. Didn't expect that. And the Lakers are losing, so I'm happy right now. Wow, look at you. Bam! Shots already. Wow, that's, Shots a, that's a hot take right there. Shots right fired. off the bat. See, and there's my favorite guy in the NBA, Jimmy Butler. You know yeah. why? Because any guy that says, I'm the villain, put it on my back. I'm in. And embraces it, right? Right. Every other guy cries and says, oh, don't hate me, love me. 
Jimmy Butler just just says, hey, let's go. Yeah, it's rare that you wake up wanting to be an underdog and certainly wanting to be a villain. Seems like he just opened up his arm and said, hey, hate me if you want to, but you're going to love to hate me the way I'm going to play. So respect to Jimmy. And also remember, Marcellus is one of the big Clipper fans of all time. Chip in City, the, Chip in City. the Pantheon, it's Clipper Daryl, <laughs> yeah. and then Billy Crystal. Yeah. There you go. And then Marcellus. Penny Marshall somewhere in there. No, she oh, goes back it? and forth too much. No, no, no. That she is goes true. back and forth. A little Hollywood at yeah, times. She's huh? like, Laker whichever, fan. Whichever way the wind's blowing, that's yeah, where Penny's going. I yeah. caught that with her. No, I yeah. put you. I put you right. But you win a couple. You know, you get a couple Academy Awards and stuff. I put you up ahead of Billy okay. Crystal. I take. Billy Crystal, that's tough, man. They've been in it longer than me. They're the OGs of the Clippers, okay. you know, Benoit Benjamin days. Okay. Look at that. I'll, I'll, we got a Benoit Benjamin day <laughs> it, it, three minutes into a show. And they're going to have his tribute right after Austin, Austin Rivers. Y'all see that last night. They what, had Austin what the Rivers hell was that? What do you mean, what the hell was that? He was a good player, no? Wait, he gets a tribute? His daddy coaches, yes. <laughs> the Benoit Benjamin <laughs> that, tribute. That's enough to get a tribute, though. The Benoit <laughs> of the Jumbotron. What, what do they play? Memories from cats or what? Benoit is just going to be everybody dunking. Over him, oh, it's just man. gonna be him, yeah. him with his hands up and just people coming in and dunking oh, over sports him. Sports arena days, man. Gotta miss those days. Those were living legend moments. Man. What are they gonna play? This is your life, and have all those guys come out and dunk on him again. Oh, Benoit, man. remember when you were good? Wow, like like before the draft, that was awesome. <laughs> I'm not talking to you. Uh, That's cold. We'll get to your book in a couple seconds, real quick. Your quick thoughts right now. We got New England and Buffalo nine three. Not at all the game we expect. Maybe the game we expect from Buffalo. Yeah, but Patriots. Struggling with the Bills, and you know, I think the big surprise tonight was that we were told that Josh Gordon was going to sit, was going to be benched for the first quarter. He was late a couple of times. Hmm. He was late for the plane. He was late for a meeting, and still, nope, put him out there. This may be Bill Belichick saying, I, I, I don't quite have the team that I can just sit guys when I want to anymore. <laughs> so, you know, Josh Gordon's going to play for me a little bit. Yeah, or maybe, maybe, and this is rare, especially in NFL circles, he actually had some excuse absences or tardiness. I, I, it's rare to see it, but it does happen at times. So maybe uh, it sufficed in terms of Bill Belichick and wanting to hear it. I uh, didn't expect this score, obviously. I thought that uh, they would run away with this game. What was it, a double-digit underdogs? 14, yeah, right? 14 plus. So swirling wins out there. Uh, I, I don't think that should affect Tom Brady and his offense that much. But, hey, Buffalo may have the game plan because right now they are keeping this within one score. And you love to see that when you got Bills Mafia in your corner. They could maybe do something in the fourth quarter. Well, as soon as on the, the first play, you're busting out the Wildcat. <laughs> you, know, you know it's going to be a strange it's night, be a right? Game. Yeah, man. Hey, I love it. Did you get any of those uh, excused absences in, in San Diego? You know, uh, with the charge? Was there a lot of those? Nah, man. You know what's really? crazy about me? It surprises me. With A.J. Smith, it wasn't really? You didn't get excused absences? Oh, man. A.J. Smith, boy. We play, <laughs> I played for him seven years, and I think we said seven words to each other. He was just a quiet type. Like, good or bad, ugly, he just looked at you the same way. It was always weird. But uh, I was never late in my 10 years, and I was never absent. Weird. I mean, they call me wild style, that dude. I was crazy. But I always did the right things. That's my daddy's voice just in my head. Like, hey, man, don't mess with your, your money. Don't mess with your job. So no matter how much fun I had, I pulled some all-nighters now. I went straight from the club to practice at times. <laughs> Way to go, but OT. Was, yeah. Nice. But I never was late, man. I always showed up. Right from the wait, right from the club. Like, like you'd oh, yeah. go from the club right in, 7 o'clock, meaning? Straight to the locker room. And, really? Yeah, straight to the locker room, training room. How many times well, you do that? Probably three times that and then a couple times missed curfew. Uh, right. But it wasn't really Miss Curfew because I had security on payroll. You got to work oh, those veterans. Yeah, no! 
Wait, 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 wait,
My classmates were typing 35, 40 words a minute, and they plateaued. And I just kept going 45, 50, 55 to 82 words a minute to the tune of we had a national championship for typing. And I had to go against some other nerds because I was I was one of them. And we're sitting there like probably 10 deep uh, in this row of nerddom. And we're <laughs> like, OK, one minute type from the workbook. Whoever types the fastest with the fewest errors, you do that simple math is the winner. National champion. And your boy won. 82 words, only one error. 82 words. Look at that. What'd you get wrong? Ah, uh, I don't remember. God, that would be good with your keyboard store. Yeah. Uh, I, I forget it, but uh, it was, you should say, say Barris Military. No, 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 you know like what? I got you know, wrong? Go big. If I could say it, yeah. Well, I got football wrong. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that's how you do it. B O A L. I just got football wrong. I spelled yeah, it like it was uh, soccer. But I thought that, I thought you had a I thought you had a keyboard. You know, you could take yep. one of the keyboards here. Hey, uh, home with you. Uh, nah, I think. Last time you wrote, like I had to, I had to like do something in cursive recently. I was like, "What's the last time I've done that?" Other than signing yeah. a check every now and again, no, no, right? not or your at taxes. all. Taxes, yeah, man. And I think the keyboards, uh, they're next because all I do is text. It's like mm-hmm. I'm rarely on a computer now, like with iPads and everything. Now you just oh. kind of punch. Everything's a punch button now. You don't even have to use home keys anymore. Yeah, I'm, I'm working on the voice dictation software. See? That, like the happen. hands are busted up. I'm, I'm done. Typing yeah. used to be the most important class you take in high school. Because it's the only thing I, take with you man. all the way through. I got, and, now, and now it goes all the way back to, now I just can punch the, punch the thing and, and do it fast. punch it fast? That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. I like now, like, see, the, the, the thing now would be if you or one of your kids, like, you pass that along to them, the text championship. Mm. Like, you know, how the, like, like the, the, they have the text. Ooh, who, who can text the most in, in a minute? Yeah, but how many emojis? Like, there's got to be rules. On emojis, oh, there's and all emojis. That stuff. I mean, you got to text back and forth. That's a big deal. Yeah, I'm gonna enter my daughter and my wife right now because I'm telling okay. you, they can plow through that. <laughs> it's unreal. And they're like, they're using thumbs and stuff, and they're crossing over keys. I'm like, it's next level out there, man. Not me. No. Marcellus Wiley in studio with us here, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon live from the Geico Studios. All right, so as this game continues on here, still a, a 9-3 game that, that we're kind of surprised to see. Yes. We got a lot of stuff to get to. We have the Browns firing their head coach, their offensive coordinator. Everybody we go. have a big quarterback change. Yes. We got big stories coming out of L.A. Where's my more. keyboard? Where's my keyboard right there? Here I it is. <laughs> I'm going to run one out of the end zone. <laughs> All that more. Keep it right here. The Jason Smith Show. Me, Mike Carmen, Marcellus Wiley. And your keyboard requests, what you'd like Marcellus to type as well, <laughs> at 877 on Fox. This is Fox Sports Radio. Yes, sir. I hate that song. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show, with my best friend, Mike Harmon, live from the Geico Studios in studio with us this hour, man who just wrote a book, but more importantly, gave me a Joe Namath jersey that I still own to this day. Oh, Look at that. Oh. Green Namath jersey because he was purging himself from all the jerseys <laughs> that he that? owned. Yes. And I said, you got a Namath one? He said, yeah. And then you brought it in for me the next day. Did you believe I was going to do it? No, I thought, yeah, I thought it was one of those. One of those. Oh, you know, I got one, and then I'd see you the next day. You'd go, yeah, I'll bring it oh, at one yeah. point. Yeah, oh, no. yeah, you got to text me when I get home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> next a little day. different meaning of the purge. Next day, yeah. Marcellus that? Wiley comes in right out of his backpack. Boom, this big-ass, beautiful Joe Namath jersey. I'm like, that's the greatest jersey in the world. It's like a dress on me. I wore it out like I was wearing a suit of armor. You it was wore like it? down to my knees. You actually wore it? Oh, of course of I course did. Come on. Wow. Come on. It's huge. It was huge on me. Yeah, well, I mean, but now now I have it up. You know, oh, now okay, I got, got you. But for yeah. the first couple, I kind of have to wear it. Got to go. Yeah, I can't not wear it. Big Jets fans still? Uh, unfortunately, uh-huh. yeah. Bears. Still, still How about still? that? E-T-E Jets. 
See, it, it was about time we got to that. Yeah. Bears, we'll yeah. get to Bears in the Jets. Where's my man Fireman Ed? Uh, you know, they brought back him back. Yeah, he came back Which, a little you bit. You sound disappointed. Well, as soon as he quit, they should have told him to get the hell out. Did he quit? He or was, quit. Or did he, he? No, he walked away a couple of years ago. Why? Because he was frustrated and, and losing his mind and, and, and couldn't take it anymore. Really? So he walked away, and then all of a sudden they let that jackass back I in. Know he's no. back. Do he you believe you're out? Again? After all he's been through, he got frustrated. Do you think that's the case? I don't know. I saw him go through too many highs and lows. A lot of for lows. Him to f- a, lot a lot of lows. But either way, yeah, he walked away. Did he really? It's a lot of lows. You know how it is. I mean, uh, well, but at least he's <laughs> – you'd think there would have been a tell-all book. I mean, he'd have one of those shiny books by now I, I with the lie. true story. As an opponent, when we used to go to Jet Stadium, we found Fireman Ed pretty fast, and we were like, let's watch him. <laughs> and who is the dude that gets no props, no name, that he's standing on his shoulders? Who's yeah, that guy? Just another – he's that other dude. Man, that's like that, that, that guy dude. can't skip leg day. But speaking of books, Marcellus <laughs> Wiley in studio with us, author of the new book, Never Shut Up Life Opinions, Unexpected Adventures of an NFL Outlier. What, Amazon, right? Where, where you get Amazon? Where else? Where, where, where's uh, Amazon, fine, iBooks, uh, Marcelluswiley.com, uh, uh, Barnes and Noble, Target. Everywhere. Is that story about you giving me the Namath jersey in here? Yeah. Is it, it is. It's two pages after the last two pa- one. Two pages after yeah, the last yeah. la- Okay. Right. <laughs> no, no, that's in the online edition. Because, you know, the next book is all the football stuff. There you See, go. See, that's the way you do it. You I'm do gonna, the inspiration I'm gonna, I'm gonna, and you lead now. And then you leave the, the football stuff, including giving people jerseys. Oh, you know, so people, so like people how know how it ends. I'm going to read the last line of the book. <laughs> and I owe Jason Smith everything from my life. <laughs> And that's the last line of the book. That's it? That's wow. the last line. Oh, man. Yeah, Drop I didn't the think mic. that was there. I mean, it's very emotional. That's the rest of it. That's, very, a new ver- that's a new version of the book. <laughs> right. That's all in there. Wait to end on a high right yeah, there. Yeah, right there. I mean, look, I mean, you're giving credit where credit is. How, you know, how hard was it to write this book? Because I, I, wrote, I wrote a novel a nice. few years ago, Okay. and that was really hard. Mm. I can't imagine what it would be like to try to write stuff from my life and and how and how to describe it in the right way to go okay well this is the tone i want to strike because how it happens it happens to you but then you want people to read it and and kind of get the right kind of context what's it like writing it yeah i think a few things jump out one is what to actually put in the book because there's so much material and then what's on the cutting room floor, which is like, wow, there's a lot of juice, <laughs> a lot of meat right there. And you're like, ah, oh, I'm going to slight this person if I don't put this in there. But then you just got to get out of that mindset. Uh, then the next level of difficulty is how you synthesize it. Like, it can't just be chronological. I mean, you could do that, but that was kind of stale, boring. Um, how do you synthesize it? So how do you foreshadow this and then come back, loop around, and kind of make it sync? Um, the last part most difficult was to actually tell the brutal truth and honesty about mom, dad, yourself, everyone. Like, mm. not to hold back on anyone, pull no punches on anyone, because I knew I was going to be critical of myself. I was going to mm. say the good stuff, and I was going to say the bad stuff. And then when it got to other people, I, I felt that voice, I heard that voice, I should say, and felt that that urge to to kind of protect someone. I was like, oh, I don't want people to think of my mother in that way or my dad in this way. But I was like, but this is what happened. So uh, I, I went out there and just wrote a story that was transparent, that was uh, true to what my emotions and my recollection and my spirit saw from those moments. So just kept it 100, as they say. You know, the, the one thing I remember, I said the one guy who really he should end the book, I, I, I owe this guy everything. 
and I, I'll get this story right a little bit, a little bit better than the last one. Is this one. all is that... uh, owing you stuff again? No, 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 no. <laughs> that it seems more like, hey, the... get, what about me? More well, jerseys. Here's, wait, here's <laughs> what was... else you got in the bag, Santa? <laughs> that was the fake ending. Here's the real ending: is that when you were going to sign your big contract with the Chargers, mm-hmm. right? Like, it, like <clears throat> day of free agency. Your agent called you and said, I got you three years and 20 million. You were like, yeah, sign right now. Yeah, yeah do it. Yeah, yeah. And he just said, you got to give me some time. And you were like, what do you mean three years, 20 million? You gotta, yeah. What do you mean give you time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Six years, 20 million. But oh, I six was, years, sorry, six but, years, 20 million. But I was million. happy. I mean, <laughs> I was, that'll do it. <laughs> and, and it's so funny because in that moment when he first called me, it was that, that night uh, free agency started, you know, midnight Eastern, 9 o'clock out here on the West Coast. And I was watching a fight, some prize fight, some pay-per-view. And I'm going back and forth watching the fight and getting these phone calls. Okay, tomorrow you're going to Oakland, you're going to Pittsburgh, and you're going to San Diego first. Cool. And then in that morning, wake up, 9 o'clock, I'm in San Diego's offices. And I even talk about it in the book where they gave me the tour of the facilities as like I won a radio contest. Like, well, this is the <laughs> locker room. Are you excited? That's Junior Seau's locker. And I was like, I don't give a damn. Where's the check? And how much? How many commas? And can I steal the Junior Seau jersey? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I no. know Jason wants it. So, exactly. <laughs> so we go through this basic radio winning tour. And I'm like, oh, God, this is corny. Get to the airport. And that's when the bidding started. Uh, they knew I was going to Oakland next. Uh, they started six years, 20, and I was like, done. And then my agent's like, nah, we don't take the first offer. And I'm not lying. It probably took 30 minutes from them to go from 620 to 640. And once they got to 640, all of a sudden, I got greedy. I was like, well, hey, man, you know, we got another hour to wait. Just sitting here at the airport, we got another hour. Can we get this to 60? My agent was like, bruh, calm down and chill out. Take your butt back to San Diego and go sign that. So that's how it went. Oh, great stuff in the yeah. book again. The book is called Never Shut Up, Marcellus Wally, The Life Opinions and Unexpected Adventures of an NFL Outlier. Which I guess you could really say that's the case for Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley, huh. as they're both looking for work now. The Browns firing everybody today. Yeah, man, the tug of war finally it just snapped. The rope just gave, man. Uh, it, it's sad to see because I think John Dorsey wanted to trust his intuition from from day one, which is look at this coach's record. Like, how can I even respect a guy who had, at the time one win? Uh, now he had three wins before the firing, but one win, John Dorsey. Once Baker Mayfield has identified him as the future of his franchise at the quarterback position, but he's like, God, I got this quarterback whisper. Oh, and I got Todd Haley in here. We had our own conference conversations and issues in Kansas City, but put that beside us and we'll move forward. And he should have trusted himself because what you want to say about Hugh Jackson, you can say the good things. You can say that he is a quarterback whisperer and he worked with Andy Dalton. And you can say in Oakland, not a great hand dealt, but still eight and eight. The reality is I couldn't play for a coach that had that many opportunities, only won three games, never won one road game. Like, literally, it would become beyond white noise. Like, it would be Charlie Brown, womp womp. I was just, I would just look at my coach like, <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? Which way is up? Three wins. So, that said, I know he wasn't given the greatest hand and the greatest team. He'll land on his feet somewhere, obviously, but it was time. And then him and Todd Haley – uh, you know, having a tug of war over over Baker Mayfield and how to play him and how to work with him. Enough is enough. Don't don't damage the kid because he started to regress. Baker Mayfield day one when he came in, we were like, whoa, look at this guy off script. He could just go out there with the moxie. Oh, they got something. Then you watch after the, the Jets game and stuff. He started to go downhill quickly. They wanted to get rid of that. 
No, it was an interesting run. I mean, obviously you have the reports that came out over the weekend of the battle. We were all looking for the pay-per-view, mm-hmm. right, the, the power struggle. But Dorsey, I mean, a great draft class. Yes. But the rest of that roster, not good at all. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, you got guys winning Rookie of the Week awards all over the place. You got your defensive chips and whatever else. So now it's, I guess, the format in your image and instead of just doing it piecemeal, like you are with your roster, you just – clean house all together and just say, all right, we punt. Yeah, I mean, you don't fire a team. You fire a coach or coaches, but you don't fire 53 men. So what happens is, in case of emergency, break glass. What does that usually mean? Coach, you got to go. That changes the spirit of a team immediately. What else happens? Change at quarterback. That's not going to happen in Cleveland because they have Baker Mayfield, a rookie. So I was in Buffalo before when we were 0-3, and we had Rob Johnson, this prototypical Franchise quarterback just got paid at that time, five years, $25 million from Jacksonville. And we thought that we were ready to roar. And he was struggling. He got hurt. Doug Flutie steps in, not looking the part, but playing the part. Changed our fortunes immediately. We went on to win 10, 10 games and made the playoffs. It can happen that fast. Look at what happened in uh, Tampa Bay in terms of Jameis Winston say? getting benched. It's weird. Like Everyone's out there trying to pull their weight and try to hold their water, but at the same time, the quarterback position, the coaching position, uh, they hold a greater importance than most other positions. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show, with my best friend, Mike Harmon, Marcellus Wiley, in studio with us. You can follow him on Twitter, at Marcellus Wiley. That's at Marcellus Wiley. Host to Speak for Yourself on FS1. Lakers just go down to defeat. Things are getting closer in Buffalo, and we got to get to Jameis Winston. And, oh, by the way, Clay Thompson, Having a night of night. So we got a lot mm. to get to, but first, let's get caught up with what's trending with Deb Carson, DC. Hey guys, well, it's still a field goal fest right now in Buffalo. Patriots up 9 6 over the Bills. Uh, they are in the third quarter there in Buffalo. Other NFL news Buccaneers have benched quarterback Jameis Winston in favor of Ryan Fitzpatrick for their week nine game against Carolina. Lions will reportedly be listening to offers for receiver Golden Tate. They want a mid-round pick, and if somebody meets that, they may be willing to deal him. Browns fired head coach Hugh Jackson and offensive coordinator Todd Haley, so D.C. Greg Williams will serve as the Browns' interim head coach. Moving over to the NBA, huge night for Klay Thompson and the Warriors. Right side, Klay takes a dribble. Now the three. Got it! An NBA record for Klay Thompson. 14 threes. Klay Thompson is breaking Steph Curry's record. 14 threes. He's got 52 points. And that's where he finished on the Warriors radio network. Warriors beat the Bulls 149-124, 52 for Clay. Warriors led off the second half. Uh, they had their foot on the pedal first half, had 92 points at the half. That's a franchise record. Warriors also set a new NBA rate. NBA record for threes in the first half with 17. Bucks just got a double-double for Ursan Ilyasova. They beat the Raptors 124-106. They didn't have Giannis tonight. He was out. Meanwhile, the Lakers just lost T-Wolves with a 124-120 win over L.A. Knicks got 25 from Tim Hardaway Jr. They beat the Nets 115-96. Trailblazers won at Indiana 103-93. Online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore. With True Price from True Car, now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience, guys. Thank you, DC. You bet. Live from the Geico Studios, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more in car insurance. Go to geico.com right now and find out how much you can save. 
Uh, yeah, before we get back, we'll get to the Jameis Winston thing, but Clay Thompson tonight, 14 three-pointers, mm. NBA record. You heard it right there in a huge rollover game. Golden State had scored 92 points in the first half. He played they 27 beat, minutes and scored 52 <laughs> points. They My beat, goodness. They beat your Chicago game. Bulls. Yeah, I know. 149, yeah. 124. Thanks, you know, And the thing is, Marcel, this is probably something you'll get to on Speak for Yourself tomorrow. It's like, I see nights like this, mm-hmm. and I see, I know it's a blowout. Yeah. But I mean, really, you can't leave Clay Thompson in to see if he can get to 70, mm-hmm. 75. I mean, that's something that then the entire world is going, how many points can you get? Because especially now, teams are scoring, not just the Warriors, they're scoring 130, 140 now. Defense has just gone out the window this year. And it's like, I want to see something. You know, I think the other teams would understand, if this guy's got it going on and he's shooting, then he's still shooting. And this is something huge. It's big for the game if we see if a guy can go for 60, 65, 70 points. Yeah, I, I think it appeases the fans and outsiders more so than even a Clay Thompson or certainly the guys on that team. Even though you see him roaring, rolling and you're like, ah, we want to leave him in, you're torn because, one, hey, I got to go back and do this again. I mean, we got 82 of these, and then we have the ones that count. So it's like, <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, after a while you're like, hey, I get buckets, I get buckets, but um, do you always want to go out there in the quest of setting records because, hey, we all know how this game is so fickle. Things can end fast and end drastically for a guy who's chasing – the wrong things, not necessarily the end game. So I think as a collective, they just they just pick straws. Like Durant's like my night. Then it's like <laughs> Steph's like my turn. And then Clay's your turn. And look, when when Steph had his night, what was it, a couple of days ago? He didn't play in the fourth quarter. So it's just the way it goes. You got if you're lighting it up, you got three quarters to light it up. That's just how it is. See, Marcellus, what the, this is all about us being here doing the show. During, right. during while they're on, so right. I want to see history. <laughs> I think mean, every fan That's wants it. to see. No, no, but but of course. They, but also remember, the Warriors went after the Bulls, got their seventy three, and then lost. Exactly. So you know there are a number of stats, and then I think when we we talk about fatigue, and and we all know the stats on players suddenly rupturing things. Right. Yeah. Uh, imagine. You know, why, why tempt fate? Imagine <laughs> that headline. I mean, it's it's parallel to the Ty Montgomery headline, which is oh. you make a decision. In the right spirit to do the right thing, but if it doesn't go right, we are going to bring you hell. You imagine Clay Thompson's out there trying to make his 15th three-pointer in the middle of the fourth quarter, lands on someone's leg, and oh my God, I don't even want to yeah, talk but, about or it. Or if someone up- says, hey, I'll give you 500 to take a run at him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hey, here's your bonus. I'll pay your fine. I'm tired of this. Go get him. Yeah, enough of this record. <laughs> Let's end this record right now. See, we brought the Ty Montgomery thing from yesterday with the Rams, and, and that to me, that's different. You know, Ty Montgomery was pissed off that they took him out of the game. Mm-hmm. And he was mad on the sidelines that he was stalking around. And the reason he ran the ball out of the end zone on a play where he wound up fumbling and the Rams were able to kill the clock and win the game is because it was one of those uh, sources and teammates on the sidelines say, oh, screw you. You want me to just you want me to just catch the ball and kneel on it in the end zone? I'm going to run it out. Yeah. And, and that's the kind of moment he had. I, can you put him back on the field after that? I mean, you disobey that and you, lose the game? Mike McCarthy didn't go where the teammates went. And I don't know what color jerseys anonymous teammates wear. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm like, what, what team, what helmet are you got on? Like, say your name. If you're going to say my name, yeah. say your name. That's what coaches yeah. always say, names and numbers. So anonymous teammates, uh, say it with your chest or, or be quiet. Mike McCarthy went there. Now, maybe he's taking the high road to protect the team as a whole. But he said – Ty Montgomery had a decision to make. So that doesn't sound like it's a directive. doesn't sound like, look, black or white. He sounded like, hey, respect the clock, respect where you catch the ball, 
and then make the, the right choice. And I think in those moments, when you're not giving a guy a mandate, you leave it up for interpretation. And I think he was like, I could have a winning moment. I played a lot of football in the Coliseum. I went to Stanford. We used to beat up on USC. I feel it. I had three kick returns in college. I got Mojo right here. And he tried to go out there and make a winning play. Just didn't work out. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon, and my other best friend. There it is. Marcellus Wiley, because, you know, not many people you know, gave me a Joe Namath jersey. Yeah, Mike, what have you many. given him? That's a Earn your title. I've, eat, I've fed him a lot. <laughs> okay. Hey, that, that, I, look, we've, we've been doing this show a while now. I, I've fed him a lot of meals. Yeah. Now, I, t- I take a burrito too. over there. Oh, home home my, look, I, I cook. In your yeah. book, in your book, is there about all your, 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 your jersey, uh, the jersey fetish you had when you were younger, all the jerseys that you bought? Ah, oh, that didn't see what on a cutting room floor. That's I, all that that didn't make it in. Wow, that's did you do a story. lot of jersey swap too? Did you? Did no, you it, that way. It, it was a weird thing, man. I, I don't know if you remember that Mitchell and Ness craze. That sure. hit. yeah, okay, oh, yeah. and mm. everybody, especially players. Had to have all the jerseys, and then that the three fifty a pop that starts adding up in a hurry, brother. <laughs> let me tell you, and we were just mindless to it, just because I wanted to show up with one you didn't have. So every day when we showed up for team meeting, it's like, oh, he's whoa. got Stump Mitchell, yeah. <laughs> Stump Mitchell, and that's what it was. So everyone had these plugs, and probably was the same plug, just playing all of us. But he's just like, oh, I got you, I got you, and then it was like, I'm wearing jerseys of people I've never heard of. I don't know if he's good or not. I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer. Or not. I don't give a damn. Nice colors, right? <laughs> and I'm wearing them. And then you look up one day when the fat, because what happened is Crenshaw Boulevard and other places started to have the knockoffs. The not, yeah. So they were like $5 on Crenshaw or you spent 400 at Mitchell & Essen. And then we were like, why are we spending 400 And then you stop wearing them and then you just take inventory. And I was like... <laughs> the hell? So I call up Jason. I'm like, Jason, you need a jersey? <laughs> Joe Namath? Because this is insane. But I had hundreds of them. It was stupid. Wow, you should have had one of those like estate sales you'd made on TMZ. Like here, all the different ones you want to be. It would look like boys, like an outlet. Yeah, right? <laughs> I mean, look, I did get half off. I mean, I used it as a business expense because, you know, marketing and all that. Line. That's good. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had them Trump taxes, I guess, you know, so nice. I was playing with that. So. Well, it's that Columbia education. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, used it, it to is. my well, benefit. Played. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah but- I mean. I didn't want them, and I shouldn't want them. No, not at all. Wow. I wanted to go to Syracuse. I always wanted to tell you that. Really? I wanted to be an orange man when I was a young kid just because of the colors. It was just that simple. I, I, if I had known you, I could I could have made a phone call. Nah, you couldn't have changed my film. Like They would have been like, we don't want that guy. <laughs> they would have said, no, no, he's good. How about a preferred walk-on status? That's what I could have said. Woo, that would have been tough selling. because Preferred walk-on at Syracuse. Once I saw where it was, because they fooled me. I mean, I love the colors. <laughs> I love the program. And then I was like, where again? I said, they said New York. They said, yes, yeah, Syracuse in New York. I was like, yo, that's the name of the school in New York City, right? They're like, no, it's the name of the school in Syracuse, New York, the state. And then I was like, oh, I'm off. I couldn't go way up there like that. Uh, yeah, it's cold. Yeah. If you like the, there's two seasons, winter and August. <laughs> it would have been tough. You're coming from here in L.A. where it's 72 and sunny every day. Yeah. Me before now it's 90 and sunny every day. You'd have been there's. like, yeah, I'm going home. You'd have been one of those. Marcellus, huh? They crossed. You'd be one of those guys there. They would cross you off the list, like mm. middle of the season, go, he hasn't shown up at practice in like three days. I think the guy went home. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think, I think Vontae Davis just <laughs> went with him, too. Like they, they both just left right now. I'm out. Uh, the book is Never Shut Up. Marcellus Wiley, The Life, Opinions, and Unexpected Adventures of an NFL Outlier. Well, that story didn't make the book. I can't wait to see what did. We still got a little bit more time left with Marcellus. 
We got more on the big quarterback change today. We got Fitzmagic in for Jameis Winston. And uh, a very happy Marcellus Wiley that the Lakers have lost. Yeah. Celebrating that. Yeah. We'll keep it right here. This is Fox Sports Radio. Just a little. (laughs) Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Get rewarded with Snapshot from Progressive. It's simple. Plug in Snapshot, drive, and earn discounts for safe driving. Save more at Progressive.com or call 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend Mike Harmon live from the Geico Studios. Right now, fourth quarter just underway in Buffalo, New England. Holding on to a 12-6 lead over the Bills. The Bills yeah! defense is playing Look at lights. Buffalo plus 14, Buffalo. baby. Lights out right now. It's Buffalo. 20 to 12 with the money, with the spread. Yeah, man. I'll and, be out there in Buffalo, Bills Mafia. I'll be out there. You'll be uh, jumping on tables? You're going to be uh, body slamming people on the tables? Man, nah. <laughs> I mean, I tell you, that fan base is serious. It's next level. I remember we used to practice on a Wednesday practice. And then we would see the Winnebago show up. And we would see the RV show up. And... They were ready for a Sunday game at a Wednesday practice. And this is before Bill's Mafia became mm. what it is now in terms of fanfare, but they've always been passionate, man. You couldn't even cash a check back then at the bank before direct deposit. We go to the bank teller, and we're like, hey, here's our game check. And she's like, no, 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 baby. We got to talk about that third quarter. I'm like, damn. Oh. <laughs> Give me the deposit slip, man. <laughs> yeah, man, they're all in out there. So it's going to be fun this weekend. Marcellus Wiley in studio with us, author of the new book, Never Shut Up, Life, Opinions, and Unexpected Adventures of an NFL Outlier. Of course, you catch them all the time on Speak for Yourself on FS1. All right, so a couple of quick things we had today, talking mm-hmm. a lot of NFL. Yeah. Jameis Winston now is officially benched again for Ryan Fitzpatrick. You like it, don't like it? Love it. Um, he's done. It's, it's weird on his book tour, so I've been talking to uh, radio hosts from every single city, it feels like, and I did Tampa last week. And when I got off the phone, I even felt a little pinch. I was like, ooh, you went hard on Jameis. Like, that may have been premature, but I just felt it. Teammate to to teammate, it felt like. I felt like I was in that locker room. And listening to Deshaun Jackson say it after, what, week two? When he fully supported. Yeah. Yes, he supported Ryan Fitzpatrick. And then someone in PR, and I've had that tap before, Tap, tap, tap. Hey, can you kind of clean that up? Uh, really puts us in a bad position. And he goes out there and tries to qualify it and clean it up. But in reality, that locker room speaks. And that team speaks every time Fitzpatrick's out there. They have a different energy, a different capacity. So Jameis Winston will no longer be a quarterback in Tampa Bay. He's owed $21 million next year. If he gets injured, he's not going to step on that field again. I'd equated it to the old uh, Montreal screw job. Jameis screwed Jameis, mm. and he lost that locker room as soon as he got suspended again. Oh, okay. It, we, it wasn't the E and the W's. Well, a lot that, of people said that. that well, was that close. was kind of funny. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, but yeah, I mean, but the accumulation of all these—you can't things, trust a guy that at some point he's supposed to be your leader. He's supposed yeah. to be the guy in your locker room. Whereas Fitzpatrick, just a, a lunch bucket guy with a smart kid who looks like Conor McGregor mm. and just goes to work and slings it around. You know, you make a great point. Uh, it's interesting, like. 
The currency in the locker room is always production. Like, the funniest dude in the locker room usually is the best players. And, you know, the guys who gets all the, what's up, man, and laughing at all your jokes, and people give you eye contact because you're balling. When you're not, you got to bother people just to get their attention. You're like, man, I'm over here too. And they're like, whatever, bum. So, (laughs) I mean, I'm serious. I've been at the top and the bottom of a locker room. It's hilarious, the dynamics. So, I'm looking at when you're Jameis Winston, you come in with that, that stain on your reputation, Innocence of guilt, whatever. It was on your reputation. And then you continue to step in it, and then those decisions off the field start to bleed on the field to the point where you're making horrible decisions in the pocket. You're making horrible decisions as the leader of this team. And after a while, guys just don't want to exchange with you anymore. They're just kind of like, all right, we're good. Who's the professional in this room? Where's the adult in this room? Because right now, Jameis, doesn't seem like you want to be that guy. He's He's a guy I would say, you know what, he's all talk. Mm. He's a guy that loves to get out there and be the emotional leader and be yeah. always involved in everybody's business in the locker room to make him seem like he's more important, more indispensable than he is. And you realize he's the same quarterback now he was four years ago. He still makes bad decisions, still throws a lot of picks. He's the same guy. Yeah. So how can you go forward with that? He's the same guy. Yeah, that's really tough, too, because I, I, like you said, he plays the emotional card uh, so heavy to the fo- the point where you're just like, hey, man. Just be methodical, man. Just go out there and do do the normal mundane things. We don't need you to give us all these extras. And I think, look, the Florida State sauce that comes with some of those guys, the great ones, uh, it's a sauce that uh, I think a lot of them serve, even if they're not playing so great. And I don't think he's had that humbling moment yet. He said he has, but maybe this is it. Sitting for the rest of this year, being in a new environment, breath of fresh air, hopefully that humbles them and resets them. All right, last thing we got for you here in the next couple of minutes, big trade deadline tomorrow. Doesn't have to be a trade you think is going to happen. What's a trade you'd like to see happen tomorrow? Uh, I I just like teams that are close or teams that are underperforming to get what they need. So New York, the Giants, need a quarterback tomorrow. And they can really open up that offense. They have so many weapons. And we know what Saquon Barkley looks like as a rookie running back. Eli is just shell-shocked, man, and it's it's unfortunate. Look, he has his moments where it's like, Eli Manning, and then he has too many moments where it's like, oh, my God, I understand why he was benched last year. They, For football reasons, he should not be in there as a quarterback. He is truly underachieving. Um, I don't think anything happens there. Uh, Demarius Thomas obviously could help a lot of teams in this wide-open NFL this year in terms of the passing game. Uh, outside of that, I don't see anything at Blake Bortles in Jacksonville. Maybe get him up out of there, but I don't see anybody really saying they're going to support Jacksonville trying to help them get over the hump. All right. If it was I could wave a magic wand and someone tomorrow would pick up Marcellus Wiley, how many plays could you give him on Sunday? Uh, now, how many plays? Are these plays production? Like I'm actually going to make a play? Like, like, like you, like you wouldn't field. hurt the team. You wouldn't hurt the team. Oh. How many plays could you give on the my, field? My last two years in Jacksonville, they count? <laughs> I already got two on record. <laughs> Dallas, that's three. I got my last three. All right. Pay vacations. Um, <laughs> let's say, literally, I would tear my hamstring within the first series. Okay. Um, I will play the run very well. I am, All right. I, oh, even when I was like, oh, God, it's over. I could play the, I could play the run. So, pass rushing – 
I don't care if it's Eli Manning back there with 12 seconds. I would not sack him. <laughs> You'd be like, damn, dog. He's not right against there. that line? Oh, no. I would never get to him. He could be holding my little son, and I'd be like, oh, I got to get to him. Give <laughs> me back my son. Man, pass rush is a whole nother animal. No. <laughs> the book is called Never Shut Up, Marcellus Wiley. At where? Amazon, MarcellusWiley.com. Where else can you get it? Barnes and Nobles, Target. Uh, everywhere you go. I it's, like that. I go to Target like twice a week. I'm going to look forward to Target now. There you go. It's funny now. Like I've, I was in Target two days ago, and the guy was like, oh, my God, man, I just saw your book. And that was like a backhanded compliment because he didn't say I bought your book. Right? <laughs> <laughs> he was like, hey, man, I just saw you on a bookshelf. Dude, thanks for coming <laughs> in, man. appreciate it. All right, guys. That respect, dude, man. follow him on Twitter. We got more on the NFL coming up next. Mike Pereira stops by. Getting a little bit closer in Buffalo. This is Fox. Fox Sports Radio, hour two of the program. I'm Jason. The man next to me is my best friend, Mike Harmon. Thanks to Marcellus Wiley stopping in, spending an hour with us. Great stories. Great stuff. You can follow him on Twitter at Marcellus Wiley. His new book out, Never Shut Up. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, MarcelluswileyWiley.com. Many places you can get it. Always fun. Great stories. Expressible. He's a good dude. I mean, I know his nickname is that dude, but, you know, he's a good dude. Fits in perfectly with this this lunacy that oh, you yeah, and I yeah. put forward every yeah. night. He'd fit Man, in with the story us and- time with a with with Uncle Marcellus. I mean, that's yeah. fun. It'd be you and I and Marcellus and the Phil Jackson drops. Yeah, and Marty the Cat. And that, that is that is show. one hell of a panel show. I'll put that up against anything. Hello. Oh, Phil, Phil, you know how many points Clay Thompson had tonight? Is it the playoffs yet? No, no, no. It's regular season. But you know how many points he had? No. Oh, my God. He had 52 points. He had 14 threes. It's in an NBA record, Phil. Right, but so does he, man. I mean, that's, uh, you know what? Marty the Cat, what do you think about that? Wow. No Frady Cat there. See, that's a show. It's a, whoa, Marty. It Marty, works whoa, really whoa, well. Whoa. That was a little over the top, a little whoa. aggressive. Whoa, uh, you might want to dump that, all right? Uh, Marty, yeah, I'm you sorry. can't, you can't just say that. that stuff, all right? If they uh, have the cat translator, I mean, that's problematic cat right there. Translator. Uh, right now, in Buffalo, we are approaching six minutes to go in the game. Patriots got on top of the Bills 18-6. to They did not get the two-point conversion. Now, Derek Anderson has the Bills deep in New England Patriot territory. They are just inside the 30-yard line, and they may be in the end zone. That is a touchdown pass. How about that? Oh, look at Derek Anderson. He threw a touchdown. He's jacked up about it. Wow. Jason Kroon with a touchdown As catch. As the Bills fans are calling on their team Ooh. to beat the spread. I want to say this. Beat the Wait, spread. Yeah, no, beat the, the spread, spread. Spread either beat 14 or 15, depending on when you got in here. Look, there, there was a lot of that uh, in, in college beat and post-college. Spread. Just, just make spread. it look good so we're not the, the true laughing stock, and it looked like we put up a fight. Um, if you're Derek Anderson, and this goes back to my Ryan Fitzpatrick theory. We were talking a little bit about that with Marcellus. Like, how about you just wing the ball around? You're, it's like you're not playing for a long-term contract. You're in year 14 if you're Derek Anderson. Yeah, okay? it's a long time. You've been around a long, long time. Yeah. Just start winging it around. What, do you, what else are you playing for? You know, uh, one of uh, the best Derek Anderson story, and they're looking at this touchdown that's pass. Not gonna, it, that's no, not going to No, it's not going to stay up. It looks like the ball hit the ground, so I don't think it's going to wind up being a touchdown. Derek Anderson's going to have to take his – Woolen hat back off and get back out on the field. That was a good uh, looking cape. It was like it that was, Frank yeah. Gifford cape. I used to of that, love all those that. capes that the players wear. Yeah. Oh, those are so it's much fun. One of the greatest to wear. photos of all time. Yeah, I would just wear them around like my house. Yeah. yeah I was going to wear a cape. 
Yeah, I what? feel like a king. Why are you wearing <laughs> it? it? It's like it's 75 degrees in the house. No, oh, it's cold. I'm going to wear it. It's the only thing I'm around. wearing, and I'm royalty. <laughs> uh, 1812 right now, but likely they're going to overturn that. Is my best Derek Anderson story. You ready for this? And this I is, didn't know you had more when, than one. Whenever I, well, yeah, that, this really is the only Derek Anderson story I have. <laughs> so when you say it's your best story, I'm like, wow, but, there's multiple Derek Anderson stories. But you know what they do at the Super Bowl when sometimes, like uh, AT&T or one of the um, mobile phone providers does a thing during uh, the NFL Experience of the Week when they have players from teams come and you wait in line and uh, you – Give the player your phone, and they allow you to make a phone call anywhere. You pay for it, like you pay money for a player's charity, everything. But like, right. hey, AT and T sets this up, and there's players sitting, and you wait in line. You go, okay, I want you to call my best friend, uh, Jim. He's this, he's that, blah blah blah. It's like, all right, great, and you call up, and it's really funny. And um, one of my friends, uh, the two of my friends, they're huge Browns fans, two huge Browns fans, and Stacy didn't believe it that it was Derek Anderson calling her. Didn't believe it that it was Derek Anderson. So they gave her the phone. They gave him the phone. Hi, this is Derek Anderson. Ha, ha, ha. No, really. No, it's Derek Anderson. I'm here at the NFL Experience, and 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 uh, I was told to give you a call. Yeah, no, no. Who, who is this? It's not Derek. This is back when he was the quarterback of the Browns. Oh, sure. And, and, you know, well, I remember that great shootout good. against the Bengals. And it went he like, had that oh, one huge year. What was that, 2007? I think so. It was. I mean, this is probably like 2008, 2000, something, something around there. And uh, it went all the way, like you get like a minute and a half on the phone because that's it. And it went all the way, like until the last like fifteen seconds for her to realize, oh, this is really Derek Anderson. By that time, all right, I gotta go. Good talking to you. Bye. Just didn't believe it was Derek Anderson. I love that though. That's, that's a pretty Browns good. Fan. It's a Browns fan for you. Yeah, I'm not gonna believe this is actually Derek Anderson calling for me. There you go. Uh, it was Carson Palmer, six touchdown passes, and uh, Anderson three twenty eight and five. That was Oof. one of the great games I've ever seen because it didn't make any sense. No. Because it was Derek Anderson winging yep. it around like a madman. And here he is again. He's back on the field, third and 10. That was overruled. Uh, yeah, so where we sit right now, 6.09 to go in the fourth quarter. Sean McDermott is not happy, but this is the reality. New England leads Buffalo 18-6, to and clearly you see the replay. The ball hits the ground a couple of times. And so this was this is one of those easy calls that, that I was a good. That was a good effort, though. But speaking of calls, joining us down the hotline, Fox Sports Rules Atlas, former VP of NFL Officiating, Mike Pereira. Mike, what's happening? Hey, I'm just uh, sitting at home, and I, for the first time being on with you guys, I think I have not had any wine. No no alcohol. Wow, so wow. I'll be nice and reserved, and you know, I'll probably be <laughs> boring, and you know. <laughs> but we got to change that. Go, go chug a little bit before you come back. No. Uh, so you know what? Since you did that, we're going to start with something that I don't think we you've ever started with in a conversation about NFL officiating. I want to start with what you said yesterday that you absolutely loved front to back the way the Packers Rams game was officiated. I did because I don't like penalties, you know, and I, I think that over time we have gotten a little over officials, especially when it comes to the passing game, you know, starting in 1994, the first time they made a point of emphasis out of illegal contact and defensive holding in, in my mind, that, that game, there are more ticky tack calls made there in that, part of the game than in any other and and we actually saw in the ram game with the packer there was some grabbing there was some tugging on the jersey but was it really enough to take a step away from the receiver i i didn't i don't think so so by rule and i know that's the way the competition committee wants to call they want to call tight 
but there's so many points, there's so many touchdowns, there's so many passing yards that, to me, this league has gotten so slanted to offense that I don't think you have to call every one of those. And so give me a four-penalty game with two good, solid replay reviews that gets me on air so I can at least say <laughs> one or something. And I'm, I'm, like, I'm like in heaven with that, so... Well, the check's going to clear either way, Mike. But the, <laughs> <laughs> now in his Patriots until, until they start paying him per use, Mike. Rolling oh, oh no, per use. sure. <laughs> then it's be, Somebody hey. asked me. They said, "Do you get paid by the second that you're on the air?" And I go, "God, no. If I did, I would. I wouldn't be making anything. I'm lucky to get forty seconds on air." So. Uh, but yeah, the check so far, the check's been good. It has cleared all year long. So <laughs> there you have it. So in this game tonight, Mike, um, it, what's taken up on the social media world? A couple of plays for Tom Brady. So we're going to the old uh, superstar calls uh, mentality, is what people are bringing up on uh, where he's just throwing the ball away and where the tackle box ends, line of scrimmage, and and how close you get. You know, as an official. You know what? What's the? Is there a hard and fast on that, or is it a, it a little loose in terms of that interpretation? I think it's really it's it's there is a hard and fast rule. The, right. The, the pocket is on the outside edge of each tackle. So so that's that's the definition of a of the pocket. But you also that's at the release point. So where is it? it where's that body precisely when the ball leaves the quarterback's hand? So. From that, trying to figure that out, you're looser than tighter. So if he gets near outside the pocket, and by the way, yeah, that pocket's not very wide because all you're talking about to the right of the center, you're just talking about a guard and a tackle. Right. So you're talking about really, you're talking about three yards. That's really all you're talking about, three yards on either side of the center. So you're out of the pocket pretty quickly. And so, you know, so they... they we had one in the Rams game too, uh, and and uh, it was it was close. And Troy commented on it, and you know I looked at it on the replay, and he's right at the edge. And so you know what, if he's right on the edge, let him throw it away. That's kind of the feeling of the league and the officials. And and I haven't seen, I didn't see the plays with Tom tonight because my two hour uh, my two hour delayed flight in LAX coming back to Sacramento didn't uh, allow me to see anything of the game so far as a matter of fact I just turned it on and just as I was talking to you saw an interception return <laughs> for a touchdown yeah. for the Patriots um, <laughs> which is good because I had the Patriots giving up 14 so so there oh, you well, go all right yeah, yeah. Uh, all right yeah. Mike Pereira you know, my, my five dollars I, I mean I'm trying to I'm trying to win a five dollar bet here I'm big yeah, I'm big. Well, it's all about big. being right, Mike. I mean, just like That's when they correct. come to you during a game, you just want to be right. Well, Mike, I'll That's tell correct. you, if the you know the, the whole you know official you know rules expert on TV doesn't work, there's a couple other shows I think that could use your uh, your expertise here a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Hey, uh, last thing, uh, two two part on this. First of all, because we haven't talked to you since this happened. Obviously, it was a big shocker late last week. We saw Hugo Cruz get replaced. It's very rare we see an an official disciplined and then fired during the season. You know, you've had a few days to think about it. Where are you on that? I'm really pretty disappointed. And and I'm disappointed. Look, at I get it. You know, the fans and everybody likes it because you feel like you're holding an official accountable. And they should be held accountable. And they are held accountable. Um, but this is the first time that, we've had, that they've actually pulled the plug and fired an official during the season. And, 
you know, he was in the playoffs the last two years. He's only been in the league for four. He wasn't eligible the first year. He was an alternate in both uh, the last two years of the playoffs. And then he worked the first six games, and then he's basically fired after his performance in the first six games. We we never did that. You know, we always felt like, and this is the way when I say we, Dean and I, that if a guy had a bad year, if he had a bad year, we put him on probation. If he didn't make the standard, we put him on probation. And in the second year, if he went a second year and had a bad year, then he was subject to being fired. But we always felt like that, you know, lots of things can happen in an official's mind, and you got a lot going on, and he can, you know, an official can have a bad year. Good officials have bad years. Um, but the thing, too, that really concerns me is not only breaking that, you know, that history that we have had is that you fire somebody midseason, and I'll tell you, it's not something that the other 125 officials looks kindly upon. They trust their leadership. They trust the fact that they'll go by history and that they'll give everybody a fair shot, even if they're going through a tough stretch. And this was shocking to them. And I'm concerned about that because Thursday, when I was at the game in where I don't even know where I was nowadays, Houston, I think. But, um, you know, I really felt like the officials officiated scared in the first half. They were not good. They were missing calls that they shouldn't have missed. They were making calls that they shouldn't have. And, um, you know, I I really, when I look at the, the health of any organization, if you are the boss and you go away from tradition and fire somebody in the middle of a season, uh, it has morale, you know, morale consequences. And so I wouldn't have done it. I, if he was that bad, I would have sat him and then got rid of him after the season was over. But I certainly wouldn't have fired a public shot and, and let everybody know that he was fired because what it really does, it makes it look like it's just a PR move. And, and I think basically announcing that he was fired is exactly what they did is more of a PR move than anything. He answered them all. Former VP of officiating in the NFL, current rules analyst at Fox Sports. You can follow him on Twitter at Mike Pereira. That is at Mike Pereira. And now it's wine time. Wine time for MP. Have some fun, Mike. We'll talk to you next week, buddy. Pop the cork, honey. I'm done. (laughs) Thanks, Mike. (laughs) There goes Mike Pereira. And you know, the crazy thing is that the official who replaced uh, Hugo Cruz had a bad spot in the, in the, game between the Browns and the Steelers uh, that result in the play. The Steelers were a little bit closer for a first down, and they wound up getting a touchdown later on in the drive. So you can replace a guy and still, you know, you're going to get some mistakes. I'm going to be real honest with you. I, I, I could do another 45 minutes to three hours uh, talking about the rules and enforcement and, well, just from the mechanics of how you get to a grade. I, I think that's one of those things. Uh, I, I know they're not going to pull the, all the layers back, but I think if we can get a little of that from Mike in the future. I, I think it might make people understand because that play from the the Chargers game is is such a big deal uh, that you know I'd love to see where the uh, sliding scale is. <laughs> Four minutes to go in the fourth quarter. New England beating the Buffalo Bills twenty five to six. The Bills have some work to do if they're going to actually cover. Coming up next, we got Jay Glazer on the way following this game and a huge night, a record setting night for one NBA star. We get into it. Next on Fox. Fox Sports Radio. Would you like an enlightening experience? Listen to songs like this and expand your mind.
Take out your glow sticks in the Geico Studios. and enjoy. I already had it at, and the disco balls had dropped. We're going to play music by Imogen Heap, and we're going to... What about Uriah Heap? An ethereal experience. The War on Drugs. I hate that song. Now, you ever listen to War on Drugs? Their songs are like nine minutes long, and you go... Wow, this is so... And they all sound like this. Yeah, but then you can't get radio airplay. Under so what, what really kept Jethro Tull from becoming superstars in a whole other world? Snot's running down his nose. Down, oh, down, it's almost down. time to start playing the Jethro Tull Christmas album. So we're ready. <laughs> Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend Mike Harmon. Live from the Geico Studios. You cannot say the Bills aren't doing their best. Trying to cover the spread... The Patriots lead the Bills 25-6, to two minutes to go in the fourth quarter. With a point spread at 14, if the Bills get in the end zone, everybody who bet the Bills is happy. If not, it's just another Patriots runaway. And right now, the Bills have the ball on the Patriots' 47-yard line. Two-minute warning is where we sit right now, and we'll have Jay Glazer coming up after the show tonight. Now, before we get to that, Today and tonight was a record-breaking night. I mean, I don't mean Syracuse being ranked in the top 25 for the first time since 2001. It's kind of a big deal. News, yo. Very big news. No, it's real. No, 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 no. Don't mess around with that. It's the best we've been in 17 years. Uh, Clay Thompson tonight set an NBA record from three-point range. Durant looks ahead. Right side, Clay Takes a dribble. Now the three. Got it! An NBA record for Clay Thompson. 14 threes. Chicago calls time. And every player off the Warriors bench congratulates Clay Thompson, who has breaking Steph Curry's record. 14 threes. He's got 52 points. Warriors Radio Network on the call. Clay Thompson, 52 points in 27 minutes. The Warriors had 92 points at halftime. They led 92 to 50. Yeah, that's the uh, largest halftime lead, most first-half points by a road team Oof. in NBA history. Uh, they go on to beat the Bulls 149 to 124. Now, a couple of things coming off this big Clay Thompson night is that, as you are seeing, defense is now gone from the NBA. Because the Warriors, even a year ago, it was, hey, you get to, they get to 115, 120 every night. Boy, do they light it up. And now it's like, forget it, 150 is the new 120. Because now you see teams like the Warriors, the Lakers, the Pelicans, they're running up near to 150 points a night. In one year, it's gone from, hey, you know, 110, 109, it's a high-scoring game. That That's a defensive struggle now. You get, you get games that are 102, 101, it's like, ah, oh, it was a boring game. They're taking the lead from the NFL. It hey, is, they want more offense. Forget incredibly it. Incredibly jumped up in a year as far as zero defense and more emphasis on offense. Now, this is also a result of the Golden State Warriors being a team saying, hey, the last four years they won the title and they've been to the finals and and won three out of four. Uh, We kind of have to do this to succeed in the NBA. It sells tickets. It's how we do it. Many teams are now trying to spend the last few years figuring out, all right, how do we copy this formula? How do we be a team that can compete with Golden State? And you have Klay Thompson, 52 points in 27 minutes tonight. And that, to me, is the real thing. Not that he had 14 threes, because certainly – the Warriors have three guys on the team that can hit 14 threes in a game. Curry could do it. Thompson could do it. Even Kevin Durant had a big night. Well, look at this game. 12 of 18. That's Durant and Curry combined. Didn't need to. Didn't need to. Thompson was insane. 52 points in 27 minutes. That is just about four points a minute. Four points a minute. 
for Clay Thompson. No, no, it's two. It's almost four points a minute. No. Wait. Almost, 52 sorry. divided by 26. Two, point, two points go. a minute. Right. It, yeah, it's two points a minute plus that. Yes. So you're talking about every minute he's on the floor, he's got a basket. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's every minute. He's on, He's got a basket. Not not one possession where, okay, we're up down. And Curry's got it, you know, because Curry's got a score and Durant's got a score. Even Draymond had a couple of points. Every minute he was able to dent the scoreboard, and that's insane. Quinn Cook. Alfonso McKinney, 16 and 19, respectively. Man, they really just emptied the bench. The Bulls, uh, some injuries, and, well, they're just not good. Uh, so you look at the, the Warriors, this is just like a play toy. I mean, hey, go have a little bit of fun. But how, this is how you're going to get through 82 games, though. Hey, you, oh, yeah, you get, good luck. I mean, we were talking with Marcellus before. Like, all right, you, it's your night tonight, so if you can start it off hot, we'll keep feeding you the ball, and then it'll be his night on Wednesday. And then, wait, we're going to your hometown? Okay, we'll play. You get the the rock then. I mean, it's just absurd. And watching Thompson as that developed, and then you see it in highlight form, you know, there's a lot of space. Uh, he's just unconscious. You know, and that's the one thing that everybody who wants to talk about the greatness of Steph Curry and Ken and all of this, and is, is I get that because you see these individuals are all incredibly talented and you see them do things, you're like, wow, we haven't seen this done on a basketball court. But a night like tonight, you got to come back to my side and realize that Steve Kerr and the offense that he put out there and the, the talent that they have top to bottom on this team, this augments everything that they all do. As good as Steph Curry is, I say it all the time, he's a system quarterback. He's not a system quarterback where he's gone from he's not any good to being, oh, now he's good. He went from being an all-star caliber player to suddenly, hey, this guy's the best shooter we've ever seen. The talent that the Warriors have on this team, Michael Jordan never had anybody that could have gone for 50 in a game. Maybe they can go for 40 in a game. Pippen would get to 30 once in a while. LeBron would have Kyrie Irving get to 40 once in a blue moon, and that was only for a couple of years. But every night the Warriors have a different guy that could score 50 points, and it could be KD, it could be Steph Curry, and here's really your fourth option that's going to wind up being when it comes down to it is Clay Thompson being able to score 50 points in a game. So for all of the individual plaudits you want, you have to realize that this team is the real star because you take Steph Curry out of Golden State and put him on another team, he'll score 24-25 a game, and that's great. That's awesome, but is he going to score 35? Is he going to be open up to score 40, 45, 50 points in a game? No, he's not because the floor is not going to be as open for him as it is on this team because of the system they have in Golden State and because he'll be much more he'd be much easier to kind of, you know, put the the shackles on on another team because well, you're the big star. We can't we, we don't have to worry about spreading the floor because you're not we don't have to worry about anybody else hitting shots like this, but with Golden State it's well, if you want to get on Steph Curry, well, Kevin Durant's going to be open and Klay Thompson's going to be open. So, the way you defend that it's it's a lot easier. So, you have to realize that the talent level and the system they have, that's what's elevating this Warriors product. It's a team unlike one we've ever seen in the history of the NBA. According to the interweb, Scottie Pippen had 3 career 40-point games. He had 3 40-point games? I, so that's three I, I, that in about just fifteen one, years. I, I've got to go through and okay. and verify, but that's, off a quick search. All right, that's so what that's three in about fifteen years. How many uh, forty point games now has Clay Thompson had? Eight. He's been in the league about seven years. Clay Thompson. He's got to have what eight, ten, perhaps more. I don't know. I'm going to look that up as well. Twitter at How About a Fresca, Mike at Swollen Dome, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend Mike Harmon. Got Jay Glazer on the way to talk all the biggest news in the NFL, but first. 
Let's check out what's trending with Deb Carson, D.C. Hey, what's trending is for the first time in 40 games, the Patriots have a defensive touchdown. Patterson on third and 10, dropping back and firing down the middle pass. Oh, it's intercepted yeah. by Devin McCourty. Runs it left, 25-30. To the 40, speeding past the 50. Oh, Sprinting baby. to the 40. A blocker in front at the 20. 15-10. Goodbye. Oh. Pick six. Devin McCourty. And it's a Patriots 25-6 lead over the Bills now as the Final minute is ticking down. That was a Patriots radio network with a call. Hey, great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on your car insurance. You were just talking about the stellar night of Clay Thompson and the Warriors. Warriors with a 149-124 win over the Bulls. The big news, though, Clay Thompson with an NBA record 14 threes, 52 points in just 27 minutes of play. Warriors also set a new NBA record for threes and a half with 17 first half threes, and they set a franchise record for points in a half with 92. They led 92-50 over the Bulls at the half. A couple of other finals for you. T-Wolves knocked down the Lakers 124-120. Kings beat the Heat 123-113. Trailblazers won at Indiana 103-93. Finally, some breaking soccer news. Real Madrid has fired manager Julen Lopetegui after just four months after their humiliating 5-1 loss to Barcelona in El Clasico on Sunday. Thank you, DC. You're welcome. We're live from the Geico Studios where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more in car insurance. More info. Visit geico.com. Well, in a game that wasn't quite a barn burner, wasn't quite exciting, but it happened. So, of course, people watch. It's the National Football League. Patriots beat the Bills 25-6. to The game went final moments ago. Derek Anderson left the game near the end. Looked like an arm injury. Couldn't really tell. Looked like he was holding his elbow, but then walking off the field, he let go and walked and was moving his arms a bit. Uh, he leaves the game 290 yards and a pick. Nathan Peterman comes in. Peterman. The final two plays, and shockingly, does not throw an interception. Well, if you had the over-under on Bill's quarterbacks, as we did in uh, the prop bet monster, uh, <laughs> you got that that one and a half, you got the over there at the end. How about this? Between the Saints and Patriots, a total of 55 points scored this weekend. One touchdown pass between Bra- Breeze and Brady. Joining us now on the hotline, NFL on Fox insider Jay Glazer. You can follow him on Twitter, at Jay Glazer. And- Jay, it looks like we're at the point in the season where the Patriots are just going to start winning every single game. Now they dominate the Bills tonight. You know, it's you know what's what's great about what's great about the uh, the Patriots is you know everybody always gets nervous about how they are during the start of the season, right? And they're what what they're so good is after they get weeks and weeks and weeks of film on people, the coaching is so good that they start. Making the right adjustments, out adjusting people, out coaching people, making little different things that you know everybody else doesn't make, and that's where they start dominating down the stretch. So it's kind of the anti what the Cleveland Browns had going on today. It's pretty much the anti what the Cleveland Browns had going on. Yeah. <laughs> I was guessing what I tweeted. I was like, "Hey Baker Mayfield, trust me, it's normally not like this in the NFL." <laughs> Well, what do you make There's of nothing it? Nothing like it. What do you make of that today? Hugh Jackson gets fired. Todd Haley gets fired, and now Jimmy Haslam says, "Oh, we're not giving up. We're rebooting." What do you make of this? Yeah, I mean, it was dysfunctional, and you know, it's but it's not. It was dysfunctional before them. You know, it's been dysfunctional for years and years and years. Um, there's a culture problem in there, and you know, again, we were there for a month this offseason training them, and. You know, it's pretty clear, um, but at least they brought us in to learn how to fight and learn how to kind of get that fighting attitude. And I, I think they've shown some of it at some points this year, but 
man, it's just, it's a culture thing over there. They've got to really change a culture. And it's, and you can, you know, you got to, sometimes you got to kind of show an owner how to be an owner. And, you know, it happened with Mr. Benson, with Sean Payton. You know, it happened, I think, with, with Bruce Arians and Mr. Bidwell and, and Steve Kahneman there with Mr. Bidwell. And I, I think sometimes you got to kind of teach guys how to be an owner to have a better culture some places. And, you know, Cleveland, obviously, look, anytime you have such big issues, it's got to start at the top. So you bring in Dorsey, uh, and obviously with the track record that he's had and, and certainly the yeah, draft. Dorsey's a grunt. He's a football guy. You want yeah. Dorsey doing your personnel. Problem is, when you hire GMs, it's not just about personnel. It's about literally uh, what are you going to serve on the planes and for, <laughs> in first class? Uh, what, you know, who's, how are you going to move somebody here? It's, there's so much other stuff that comes across your desk that you're really, you know, business stuff and sponsor stuff and stuff that has nothing to do with being a general, with being a personnel guy, where Dorsey excels his personnel. And the other stuff, it kind of gets in the way of him doing that. But I think he's done a really good job personnel-wise putting guys in. Look, when we trained that team, uh, there were a, a couple of guys who right off the bat, all like it was myself, Randy Couture, Chuck Liddell, I mean, bad dudes, guys like Jay Haran, Jason Borbert, like we were, we had some, some bad dudes out there. And we all were consensus on a few guys, the guys who got it. Like, man, these guys, we take them with us in a fight in two seconds. Miles Garrett, absolutely, like we all realized, man, there's something different about him. Um, Jabril Peppers, we all thought, this dude, He's not a fake tough guy. He's tough. He'll fight you. We love him. Um, and the third guy was Baker Mayfield. Like, man, he got it. This kid was just right off the bat. I'm in. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon, Jay Glazer with us now in studio. And and I under, you know I want to say thanks a lot always for stopping by with us on Monday night, but especially tonight, knowing what's coming tomorrow, because as you told us last week, you're expecting these last few hours to be out of the box, incredibly insane as we get close to the trade deadline. Well, I'm expecting – well, it, it already has been. The phone lines have been lighting up. Whether they can get trades done or not, that remains to be seen. But there's already been three last week. So that's crazy. And, and the, you know, the look, you know, I came out of left field a couple of weeks ago and said Amari Cooper's, you know, he's on the trade block. And um, that was a surprise, obviously. And then I think the Giants dumping out of two of their guys was a surprise. And we've already had – it's pretty – it's been more active than normal. Um but the phone lines, I think some of it is last year guys are willing and dealing with Dwayne Brown and, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo. This year with Khalil Mack and, you know, again, the trades we've already had and Josh Gordon. It used to be people were afraid to, to, to trade a fifth. You know, they would trade maybe a player and exchange fifth rounds. Um, but now, it, you know, it's just the culture today is teams are willing to wheel and deal and, you know, they're willing to kind of give up some good bounty. But I think the Amari Cooper thing has almost scared teams off. You know, they wanted a one. So, you know, it used to be, well, let's just get a three for somebody. Or let's get a two plus, And all of a sudden they got a one for Amari. Now everybody else is going, we, we're, we're kind of, they're, they're kind of overinflating what guys' value should be. So it's slowing down, I think, the transactions. But let's see what happens tomorrow. Position for position, a lot of talk about Demarius Thomas and then the open tryouts that the Giants had, I guess, today. So perhaps yeah, they're right? still open for business. <laughs> so you guys want to hear the craziest trade story? Yes. Sure. It didn't happen. So years ago, years ago, um, the Chiefs, and I was kind of helping with this, Tony Gonzalez wanted out. Carl Peterson was the GM. 
and they were, you know, it was it was a guy named Denny Fume who was really the, the brains of that organization, and and Carl was like the mouthpiece, and it was like, look, we'll do it. We they agreed to, you know, trade him for a three, um, and I was, you know, Tony was like coming to me, I, I want out, I'm, I'm kind of done, so there were two teams that were willing to trade a three plus player, and it was the the, Cleveland, the um, Green Bay Packers. McCarthy was head coach, and it was to trade a third-round pick, and I forget the, the tight end at the time, and the Philadelphia Eagles with Andy Reid agreeing to trade a third-round pick, and L.J. Smith, was that the tight end's name back then, I think? Yeah. So mm-hmm. they kind of agreed to terms, and it's like, hey, Tone, it's up to you, and going back and forth, and both teams are going, well, what, which, you know, Tony doesn't want to go to, like, off-season workouts, he doesn't want to go to mini-cancels, and we're kind of negotiating all this, and both Andy and McCarthy are like, just have him kind of win one mini camp. That's it. And so it's like telling you got to pick which team you want to do. And this will, you know, the Chiefs will let him do it. And all of a sudden, at four, so I think the trade deadline back then was five o'clock. So like four forty, I get these texts at the same time, just cursing out the Chiefs. And it's from the, the Packers and the Eagles. And at the very last minute, um, Carl Peterson said, "No." I, I've decided I want a two. And now, meanwhile, they've already agreed. You got to when you do a trade, it's not like hey, you agree and that's it. You got to get paperwork in. You got to do all this stuff. So Gonzalez is like literally, okay, I'm which, where I'm going here. Great. And call him back and said, hey, Tone, uh, Carl will switch it up on these guys with, you know, after like pretty much after the deadline, you're not getting traded. And he goes, oh my gosh, wouldn't that be funny? And I said, Tone, I'm dead serious. He goes, and we're talking. Is this one of your like normal moron jokes? Is it no? <laughs> Carl like pulled the number on you. You didn't get traded, and he goes insane and says, "I'm done. I'm retiring. I'm quitting." It's like week eight of that season. Is that I'm out. I'm done. I'm not. I'm not playing for this guy. I'm done. And then it goes, "Pull your pad out. I want to do an article and start <laughs> saying the most incredibly inflammatory things about Carl Peters." I said, "Tone, I'm not going to do an article with you." angry like this because you're going to regret it in five hours. <laughs> and he keeps – every time I call him back, I'm like, calm down and we'll do a story. And he starts going off and cursing this and that. Okay, let's – and talking about things that he really – I know he didn't mean. And we keep going on and on and on. Finally, five hours later, I said, okay, because I kept calling him back every hour. I said, okay, are we ready here? And he says, okay, I'm calm down. Um, you didn't print any of the stuff I said earlier, did you? <laughs> no, dude, I, I didn't print any, but I, I think we'd, all, we'd both be in trouble if I did. Because, oh, man. So, but true story. And then it was Tony ended up playing that last half a season, whoever it was, in uh, Kansas City. And then Pioli came in after, and they trained him to the Falcons. Ooh. So, so what, you know, what could have been there for Packers and Eagles fans? You could have had Tony Gonzalez with, what, six years left in his career. Follow on I know Twitter. it's a long story, but the things that people don't know, I kind of like to tell these inside stories of what could have been. No, nah, it's a great tale, that man. Was a that's phenomenal awesome. Phenomenal story. I'm just glad it didn't involve like, the Jets. I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was, actually, guys, he wanted to go to the Giants. That's where he wanted to go, and Jerry Reese would not do it for a third round pick. That's where he wanted to go, and Jerry Reese refused to send a third round pick for him. Wow. How about that? Woof. True story, guys. That's our guy. Jay, as always, <laughs> man, thank you so much. Hey, best of luck tomorrow. I'm sure we'll hear from you often tomorrow, next few hours. Hey. All right, see you guys. See you, Jay. Wow. Could have, that's wow. awesome. The Packers. 
could have had him for the last few years of his career. The Eagles could have had him for the last few years of his well, career. Go back and look at the and the Giants the wouldn't and, give up a three for Tony. Gonzalez. Go back and look at those last Can't years of his career. How productive! Oh, Tony. I mean that that's insane. All right, we'll have more on this. We got more big stories from the NFL and. I'll tell you what, Eagles and Giants and Packers Twitter is going to explode after this story. <laughs> uh, it's coming up next right here, Fox Sports Radio. Tom Brady could do that. Tom Brady could do that. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend Mike Harmon live from the Geico Studios. Patriots beat the Bills Monday Night Football 25-6, a huge, dominant defensive effort for the Patriots. Joining us now on the hotline, Stephon Gilmore. Stephon, congratulations on the game. Thank you. All right, now what does it feel like for you going back to Buffalo, winning games, and winning a game in a dominant way like this? This is a good win. We knew it was going to be a hostile environment here, and uh, it felt good to get a division, division win on the road. Yeah, and one thing you know is Bills fans are going to throw sex toys on the field, which happened a few times. It's kind of a tough thing to try to play and worry about, I think. Yeah, they got the they got the most uh, craziest, toughest fans probably in the league, so you, you know you can expect something down here. <laughs> I didn't know that that becomes a part of a regular trip to Buffalo, though. <laughs> yeah, it's normal. Next level. But obviously defense uh, rules the day today. A couple of pass defenses for you, uh, three tackles on the day. You know, working against the big wideouts. You know, preparing for a guy like Derek Anderson, how's that different uh, than perhaps some of the younger quarterbacks we're seeing uh, taking over the league? Well, you know he got a lot of experience. been in the league for a long time, so we've seen a lot. Uh, it kind of matches the game pretty good today. But he was able to get some stops and uh, not let him in the end zone and, uh, and, and get some turnovers. Obviously, you guys had a, a, a rougher start to the season, but now it looks like you're hitting your stride. Is this something that – do we worry too much about how you guys are doing early on in the season? Uh, we just try to take it day by day and keep working. We know it ain't going to always be all good and gravy got to keep working and uh, get better as a team. Well, how much uh, attention do you do you pay to the media in the early parts of things? Uh, you can't do that. I mean, they, they love you and they hate you, but you got to just keep grinding it and keep focusing on your teammates and getting better. So that's what you got to really focus on. So you say love and hate. What what kind of messages do you get from the Bills fans? You come back out and take the field. What do they what do they kind of yell at you? Oh, man. <laughs> they hate they hate me. <laughs> I think they hate me. I think they love me. It's like a love hate relationship, you know. Uh, you know, it's uh, you know they they hate. Me. I went to the came to the Patriots, but they love me because I, I spent five years there. So uh, it's just like a love hate relationship. All right, your best okay. PG one. Uh, best any signs or anything in your direction? No, nah, I didn't see no sign. I I was trying to ignore them, so. <laughs> It's hard. It's almost hard to ignore them, but um, I was just trying to focus on the game and focus on my technique and do what I had to do to um, win my matchup. 25-6, to six, the final score. Uh, Patriots improved to 6-2. and two. You guys have the Packers next. I, I assume what is – does uh, does Belichick have you guys watching Aaron Rodgers film on the ride home or what? Uh, we go, it's a short week. Uh, we play Monday night, so we got to turn the page real fast and, and get ready for a good Green Bay team. See, he's on to Green Bay. He's on to Green Bay. Congratulations on the win, Stefan. Appreciate it. Best of luck down the road. We'll talk to you soon. 
Thank you. All right, there goes Stefan. Good. They hate me in Buffalo. They hate me. I like the love hate relationship. They hate me. You know what he sounded like when he was doing that? Like he's doing it in his head. Like it's like me in high school. No, she really likes me. No, I don't think she likes me. Well, she said this, but then you know she said this. Ah, I don't know. And she like, nah, nah, they hate me. I was there, but I signed with it. Ah, no, they hate me. Oh no, no, they hate me. That's like you know he's trying to figure it out in his head. It's like you know you got the angel and devil on your shoulder trying to figure out which way to go. I like that. that yeah. That's pretty good, and, that, and that's the way it worked out with him, right? So didn't finish up uh, finished up with Buffalo, went to the Bears, and then started negotiating, and then ended up becoming a Patriot. And you go from from what we've seen in the well dysfunction. <laughs> the fans get more run than the than the team, except Stephon Gilmore was a, an absolute star for them in their secondary. And it took a little bit of a transition uh, when he joined the Patriots, but now he's become a shutdown corner again. And, you know, I need to apologize to all of you, to everybody. Why is that? Because I really need to apologize because this is something. How did I not say goodbye to him and say keep on keeping on? How did I not I say, am a little disappointed. Mar- you didn't do it to Marcellus Wiley. You didn't do it to Mike Pereira. How did I you, you certainly you could have done that to Glazer. Hey, Glazer would have started laughing. Are you kidding me? <laughs> uh keep on keeping on, man. We'll talk later. How did I not say I did it to Lamar Miller? How did I not say I that know. to Stefan Gilmore? Well, we'll bring it back. Uh, that's my fault. You know what? Going forward, I'm just gonna put it on the whiteboard, and that's gonna be part of our uh every every you know day. What? Frostburg would have reminded me, but it was his he's coming off the bye week for the Chargers. He's trying to get back in the swing of things. Yeah. So there it is, Stephon Gilmore, part of the Patriots' 25-6 win over the Bills. Coming up next, we got more from the National Football League. Big stories of the day, quarterback change, head coaching changes, OC changes. And I don't mean Orange County, I mean offensive coordinator. And we have to see what's next for the Dodgers after losing the World Series. Fox. Fox Sports Radio, five-second guitar solo. I hate that song. Jason Smith, Mike Harmon, live from the Geico Studios. And I feel like we're finally just calming down a little bit here. Very active couple hours here in the Geico Studios. I felt like Barbara Walters. We had so many guests. We had Marcellus Wiley in studio for the first hour. Then last hour, we had Mike Pereira. We had Jay Glazer. We had Stephon Gilmore a few minutes ago. I'm like, wow. Uh, Keep on keeping on, man. We'll talk later. Some great stuff with Stephon Gilmore on the love-hate relationship with his Fans of his former team, I, his run in Buffalo, and they went in and, and the defense suffocating tonight. Now, expectations not exactly there for the Bills offense. LaShawn McCoy, you didn't know what you were going to get, and Derek Anderson as the trigger man. You know, he yeah, made a couple of big throws, but he also made one that made fantasy owners uh, and gamblers happy when it was returned the distance for a touchdown, and they covered the number. I'm very upset. I did not tell Stephon Gilmore to keep on keeping on. Yeah, you really blew it the there, I, Jason. Try to get another. Yeah. Try to no. get another player. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, Sir Frostberg. No, 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 you know, but Sir Frostberg. I mean that that that's yes, a, that's, Harmon? that's a producing thing right there. Don't forget. Oh yeah, yeah. It's your fault for not telling. Oh me. yeah, my fault, Sir Frostberg. <laughs> we, we want him back on the show. Which is why I didn't <laughs> tell you to. I mean, I could have told Stephon Gilmore keep on keeping on. He would have said, oh, yeah, yeah. Now, cool, I've made it because, you know, Jason told me to keep on keeping on. Uh, keep on keeping on, man. Yeah, we'll but talk s- later. Let's see you are oh, let's get, 0 for 4 and keep on keeping on tonight. Let's get uh, let's get Gronk and Brady, uh, one of them on the show, so we can I can tell him to keep on keeping on. I'd like to tell Gronk. Gronk keep would on love keep that. On. He's nuts. He'd say keep on keeping on what? 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 He keep would on. probably just laugh what? just to laugh. What? He would He would start giggling, I think. <laughs> 
Uh, coming up in 15 minutes, we'll look at what is next for two huge stars off the Los Angeles Dodgers team that for the second straight year has dropped the World Series. What is next for Clayton Kershaw and Manny Machado? Because now that clock is ticking, especially on Kershaw, who has 10 days to decide whether or not he opts out of his contract or stays with the Dodgers for two more years. But we watched tonight, Monday Night Football, not the greatest game. We watched the Patriots struggle much more than we expected them to against the Buffalo Bills. Struggling. And it's like the Bills, every couple of weeks, like, boy, they put together a decent effort, but they just have absolutely no players on offense. They have absolutely nobody out there to make any kind of plays. No, we watched that early in the season. You, you like the defense. You like some of the the fire that they put up, and it's usually about three quarters before the, the dam breaks because they're on the field so much, or the offense, the quarterback – or a third down failed conversion on third and short, whatever the case was, you just had all these times where they'd shoot themselves in the foot. And here tonight, Brady wasn't at his best. They moved the ball. I mean, you look at total yardage and time of possession. Certainly New England moved the ball well, but they did a good job, did the Bills defense, holding them to field goals and field goal attempts for the most part. Brady ends up without a touchdown pass tonight. You had the white touchdown run. You have the the interception for uh, a touchdown, and then you have some field goals. I mean, there's there's your story. You know, and the thing is, there's two players that are going to get some attention coming off here. The first one is LaShawn McCoy. The Bills need to move him. All right, your team. Well, he showed stinks. he's healthy. You're That's, tanking, right? And tonight, this was an audition he, job, he, right? He had, a, he had a rough night running the football. All right, what now, was it? You know, twelve for thirteen. Twelve for thirteen. <laughs> so he would have had a hundred yards if he carried the ball eighty-nine times. Uh, <laughs> nice so that's job. what it was. But he did catch six passes for eighty yards. He has shown I'm healthy. You're tanking. Somebody can say, you know what? Yes, Lashawn McCoy. Let's make that move. We need a running back. We need to do something to to get some distance between us and the rest of the NFL, and especially because there's so many mediocre teams that can still make the playoffs. So many teams could use a LaShawn McCoy out of the backfield for a big playoff run. I mean, you're talking about 10 or 15 teams. Oh, LaShawn McCoy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, 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 let's go do it. Let's go get that guy for a run here. And he should be available. You're the Bills. You have nothing to play for this year. You have absolutely nothing to play for. And you, you tried to tank last year by trading everybody. You just, he was the one guy you just couldn't trade. So this is someone that you have to say, all right, we got to move him. He should be moved by the deadline tomorrow. Well, he should be a guy somewhere else. Well, it's funny. I mean, remember we were talking with Jason Lock and Four. Is that, yeah, there's nobody on the Raiders roster anybody wants. Well, with the Bills, here's, here's an option. Here's a guy that you should be able to get some mid-round pick to move on, although you know you still have the, the question of the off the field, whether there's, there's still anything there from a legal perspective and certainly from a league disciplinary perspective. But he's only got one more year left on his deal before he becomes an unrestricted free agent. So you, you take a shot if you need a little jump start to your run game. And certainly he's proficient as a, as a pass catcher, passed all concussion protocols. I mean, there was question mm-hmm. towards the end of the week that he wasn't going to be available. Well, they, they made him available. I don't know if it was just the showcase of, hey, we're going to give him the ball as many times as we can. And obviously with Derek Anderson under center, what's the defense doing? We're going to key on LaShawn Well, the thing he's got to realize, LaShawn McCoy is not the guy he was a few years ago where he can run for 90 and catch 90 yards of passes, but he can still be really productive on the right team if you talk about his touches being between 
12 and 18 a game. And I mean, you know, 10 to 12 rushes and he catches six or seven right. passes out of the backfield. Because at this point, really catching the ball out of the backfield is what you're really going to want out of him. And so if, if you have, if you can get enough, you, you can get over 100 yards of total offense from him. He's someone that can easily go and can, you know, jumpstart a team and jumpstart their running attack. And, and look, we talked to Jay Glazer who said it's already been a crazy deadline because the phones have been lighting up like crazy. Not many people have mentioned his name because he needed to show that he was healthy, but I think he showed tonight he was he was pretty good. Again, didn't run for many yards, but still out of the backfield was 80 yards. He showed I, he can go and he can go help somebody. Well, he took an 18-touch pounding tonight. He, he showed, hey, I'm, I'm up to the task, and now before tomorrow, I, I can't wait to see how many deals actually get consummated. It's interesting, so many teams in need of wide receiver help, a place where you're trying to plug somebody in. We'll see uh, the arrival of Amari Cooper and what he brings to the Dallas offense come Sunday, but Demarius Thomas being the other name, I, I think I, I saw more in terms of rumored deals than, than any other tonight. Obviously, Cortland Sutton, a guy they love a lot. They've worked him into the offense. With Demarius Thomas, he's had a couple of years of drops and inefficiencies, so perhaps it's time for he, he may, may need greener pastures. So, yeah, I, I would imagine Jay Glazer, uh, whatever he slept last was the last moment of sleep because that phone's going to be buzzing <laughs> quite a bit. But LaShawn McCoy's name should certainly be one of those that we hear some some of the rumors uh, as we get deeper into the night and tomorrow. The other guy that gained a lot of headlines tonight because we didn't think he was going to play a lot was Josh Gordon. We had heard reports <laughs> that he was late twice uh, in the last two days, once to a practice and one for the Patriots' flight to Buffalo. And we had heard that He's going to be benched for the first quarter for disciplinary reasons. And you'll hear from Bill Belichick as soon as he hits the podium. But he started tonight. Started from the beginning, caught four passes for 42 yards. They took yards a deep and, shot with him on that first series. You know, and the wind took the ball and uh, played with it. And there's a lot of people who are going to say, oh, yeah, see all this stuff, Josh Gordon, Josh Gordon. But remember what we told you. Josh Gordon will be really good until he does something and he's waived because he's – one foot out the door right now. The fact that he played tonight is stunning. Well, the no, fact but that he played but, tonight tells me that Belichick has realized, boy, I can't just send a message by by resting him because we could go into Buffalo and have a lot of problems. Well, but that that's part of it. But the question is, how good were the reports? And obviously, there were people with blue check marks and and noted NFL reporters that had that story. But where's it coming from? Right? Is it? someone up top or is it someone down the chain is like, ah, this is historically Bill does this. So the Mm -hmm. assumption was Bill's going to do this. And like, you know, as we're talking with, with Marcellus Wiley earlier, you know, not necessarily superstar rules, but just the idea that perhaps one or two of the absences or late arrivals, he had a good reason or something on a larger scale that it didn't tip the balances. So when we saw those reports earlier, it becomes, uh-oh, here we go again. And everybody mm-hmm. started drudging out all of the background information as to why Cleveland was willing to get rid of him. Well, it's there. It's noted. But all the reports up until today had been that he'd been a good teammate, that he'd done all the right things, that he was working extra time with Brady and everything else. Um, so somewhere in between, the truth lies. 
Yeah, but remember, this is who Josh Gordon is. A month is a long time for him in the NFL. It's not just a month goes from, oh, he's indispensable, he's got 12 catches for 155 yards and two touchdowns, and then three days later it's, uh, you know what, Josh Gordon is getting uh, sat down for the season. Well, but or, the hard, or he's getting waived. Well, but that's that's the, the, the hard part here is also we, we talk a lot, especially with wide receivers, of accepting what your role is on a particular team. Right when he was available, which wasn't often for Cleveland the last three plus years, <laughs> but when he was available, he would see a huge number of, of targets. He would see a lot of deep downfield shots. That's not how the Patriots run things. They'll take their shots downfield, but but Tom Brady's going to spread the ball around to five or six guys. Sure, he's going to find his hot hand, and you'll see a ten catch game from an Edelman or James White or or whomever on a big night. But that's not the regularity. That's not the normal that you got one guy that you're constantly feeding. That's that's the bigger issue, I think, in this squad as to whether you hold Josh Gordon's interest. The off the field stuff, certainly you have to, you know, be cognizant of and put in whatever support structure you can. It's within the team structure. I think that's where the the possible uh bridge gets burned is again, hey, I've only got like five targets a game over here. This is not working out <laughs> for me. I'm a ten target a game guy. Twitter at How About a Fresca, Mike at Swollen Dome, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend Mike Harmon. Now, when you're hiring, you don't want to waste time sorting through dozens of irrelevant resumes. You want an efficient way to get to a short list of qualified candidates. That's why you need Indeed.com. Post a job in minutes. Set up screener questions based on your job requirements. Then zero in on qualified candidates using an intuitive online dashboard. Discover why 3 million businesses use Indeed for hiring. Post a job today at Indeed.com slash hire. That's Indeed.com slash hire. Search for greatness. Search Indeed. Coming up, we have reaction to Clay Thompson's record-setting night in the NBA. What to do with Clayton Kershaw, Manny Machado, and if you miss Jay Glazer's insane trade deadline story. We'll tell you what it's all about. A trade that could have happened and could have changed the way the NFL was the past decade. All that and more coming up next right here. Fox Sports Radio. I hate that song. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon. Live from the Geico Studios. And we got Jay Glazer's great story coming up in a few minutes. We got big look ahead now that the World Series is over. What's next for Clayton Kershaw and Manny Machado? But maybe this may be the most shocking sight of the night. Oh, we told you we're going to bring you Bill Belichick's post-game press conference when he is done talking to reporters. I'm not on Snapface and all that. He is at the podium, and he's wearing a suit and tie. He's wearing a black suit, a white shirt, and a white tie. Jason, you're forgetting one thing. Yeah, what am I forgetting? He is wearing a vest, too. Oh, he's wearing a, a vest? It's a three-piece. It's a, wow. Yeah, he's yeah, wearing yeah. a par... Hey, I'll be on my suit and tie. You know, I kind of because I kind of missed the tie at first because it was white, and I said, "Oh, he's he's got the the look of like you know the millionaire at a party who you know I, I'll wear the big fancy tuxedo, but I'm not going to wear a tie." Yeah, shiny blue vest. Yeah, I I didn't see the vest. It's, I mean, I, see I, my vest, TJ. See my vest made of real gorilla chest. See my sweater. There's none better than authentic Irish setter, TJ. Uh, but that kind of shocked me. I, 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 I didn't know. I, I don't know why Bill Belichick is wearing a suit and tie and a vest uh, to talk post-game. I, I'm kind of surprised by what that. What if I were to tell you, Yeah, with that, he was wearing flip-flops? 
Well, that I would. You believe. would believe it. That I would believe. That would well, but that happens on every TV set, and you hear the thwack, 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 thwack. Yeah, but think about that. That's a TV set move. Right, business up top, and yeah, but he's never cared about wearing a suit before. I mean, I, I don't know. No, why. there's got to be something going on. Somewhere. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I, I maybe really he's don't... got a big dinner reservation, and it's, it's in Buffalo. What kind of big dinner can you have in Buffalo? Oh wait, no, no. You think he's going back to a big Red Sox party? Could be. And he's, you know, you got to dress the part. Parties at you know, it's, he's going to get home at two in the morning and go. It could be one of those roll uh, right in Pulp Fiction parties, like when you know they're all like Winston Wolf, and they're all like it's nine o'clock in the morning, and they're all drinking champagne and suit and tie. You say that like that doesn't happen. I'm saying I've never been to one of those parties. Maybe that's the kind of party. Maybe we'll have to throw one of those kind of parties. <sighs> Would our it? listeners show up if we threw that kind of party? What do I you think, Sir so Frostberg? Nine a.m. Depends man. where you're holding it. <laughs> oh, we could get a venue. So, yeah, that that could happen. We've been banned from most venues, though. Yeah, that is that is true. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so we will as soon as we get the answer to that, we will bring that to you. Yeah, there's Bill no Belichick. question. That's one of the most intriguing things of the in, night. In a suit also, and tie. Some, it's very off-putting. It's maybe he maybe he says, you know what? If I put on a suit and tie, people aren't going to know what to ask me, and I'll get to get off the the podium after like three minutes. That is a pretty good misdirection thing. Here, uh, real quickly, we were talking about Lashawn McCoy and trade possibilities. A little bit earlier, this is from Mike Rodak on his Twitter, R-O-D-A-K. LaShawn McCoy noticeably sullen in the locker room after the loss, sitting at his locker for several minutes with his head down, told reporters, I'm not playing well at all. Asked about how much he questions his own ability, says, no, I can still play. Defenses know I can play. You see the way they approach me when I'm in the game. But having a moment of, hey, I had 12 carries for 13 yards, kind of uh, – down moments ahead of a trade deadline and trying to figure out what the second half of this season holds. Well, no, I I, I go the other way. I think they, he was told he wasn't going to be traded. That oh hey, you well, that's a fair we're, point. We're not trading you. Oh, I really. Man. This was my audition. Oh, there were no. scouts here from seven teams. <laughs> <laughs> no, but really, he should be traded by tomorrow. He proved he was healthy. You know, he had to go through protocol. Here he is, eighty yards. You know, he had ninety-five yards of total offense. Did not run the ball great, but still. Out in the open field passing game, LaShawn McCoy should be dealt by the deadline tomorrow. One of those guys absolutely should be moved. Meanwhile, speaking of moving, as the Red Sox win the World Series last night, they beat the Dodgers four games to one. Sorry about that, Frostberg. I know it's been a difficult last too soon, couple of bro. days. You're number one with me, too. Yes, absolutely. Uh, the hey, but the Chargers were off. Yeah, that's true. Chargers didn't lose. Chargers you got a couple of days two. off. I mean, look, like, look, look, the Jets lost to the to the Bears, Bears yesterday. Yeah, they did. But Syracuse is ranked for the first time in seventeen years. Buddy, I had a perfect weekend. It's exciting. Other than, I mean, I feel for my my Dodgers faithful, and certainly for our our, our friends that work around the team and and pre and post doing yeoman work. I mean, a lot, man. That's a lot of hours when you had that Friday game in the thing, man. That thing did not end. Uh, feel bad about that, but I got my Northwestern win over Wisconsin, convincingly, and then I get the the Bears win over the Jets. Not necessarily uh, the beatdown I I'd envisioned in my dreams, but no. Well, uh, Khalil Mack didn't play. You said we just need our C game today, and that's what it was. And that's what you, you got. played a C game, and you beat us by two touchdowns. Well, I tell you, I, that, isn't it fun watching Tariq Cohen run with nobody no, around no, him. Really. No, no, it wasn't, wasn't Jason, fun. how much did Syracuse pay to be ranked? Stop. Come we're on. Not, come on, man. Allegedly. We're, we're, we're Isn't it though, Harmon? We're going to a bowl game. Well, for now, it's just an allegation. No, you know. Because uh, right now, they're they're too busy dealing with agents and trying to put them in jail. You want to know something else? You want to know something else? You ready for this? Okay. Had Syracuse held on to that 10-point fourth quarter. We're going to play the Clemson. if game? No, I'm just oh, saying. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is the one if. They led Clemson by 10 points in the fourth quarter. Clemson beat him by a field goal. Sure. 
Had Syracuse held on to that lead, they're number seven in the country right now. No, they're, I, th- they're I think this. Eight. No, I still think this would be a um, one loss Syracuse. This would yeah, be a Central place. Florida situation where you'd be ACC? down. It'd still no, be down low. And if USC had won those six games, yeah, they'd be undefeated. <laughs> I'm talking about one quarter in time. One quarter. One moment on. in time. They'd be in the. They'd be a top ten team. Would be Syracuse could be in the playoff. That's where he'd be right now. You're funny. But speaking of looking ahead, Clayton Kershaw, the clock is ticking. Before the playoffs began, which felt like it was just a couple of days ago, Clayton Kershaw was asked about his future with the Dodgers. He could opt out and become a free agent or stay with his current deal and get paid $30 million a year for the next couple of years. Clayton Kershaw had a very uneven playoff. He was started in game two against the Braves, which you know upset him. And then he had an every-other-game kind of playoff. He was really good, then he was bad, he was really good, he was bad. And then last night he was bad in Game 5, giving up three home runs, and the Dodgers lose the World Series. Obviously, that was a big topic of conversation. Here's Kershaw talking about what's next for him. You know, I know the future questions are obviously coming for myself. I don't want to take away from tonight, obviously, and what everybody's feeling and never want to put the focus just on me or anything like that. You know, I've got uh, I got three days now to think about all that stuff before uh, before anything happens, and so it'll be an eventful three days for me and try to figure it out. So it's okay if you're coming around to my thought on Clayton Kershaw. Now he's in every other guy in the playoffs. He's 500. He's nine and ten, and his ERA is 4.4. That's an average pitcher. You can get that from many people in the playoffs. Now we told you the Dodgers were trying to push him out a little bit, going, "Hey." We'll start you in game two. We'll try to motivate you by starting you game two against the Braves. But still, we're looking for a future post-Clayton Kershaw because they don't need to rely on him anymore. Certainly the last couple of years, they have won not despite him, but without him leading the way like he had in years up until. Two straight World Series, one year in which he was hurt for a lot of the regular season. This year, he was good. He wasn't great. He was good. And in the playoffs, he was average. This is what you are paying $30 million a year for if you are the Dodgers. You're paying for Clayton Kershaw in October to deliver you a World Series title. He has not done it. He's 30 years old. He's not going to suddenly do it. He's not the pitcher he was a couple of years ago. Has lost a couple of miles an hour off his fastball. And if you're not, if you're paying him $30 million and he's not doing it for you in the playoffs, then you want to move on. Now here's the catch. Kershaw's got to opt out. Beginning of the playoffs, I would have said, yep, He's opting out. Absolutely, he is opting out. He's done. He's mad. And the Dodgers have kind of pushed him out. And this is what they they want him to opt out. They want him to go so they can take that $30 million and use it in different ways. And they don't want to be beholden to a guy for $30 million a year. This is not what this Dodgers front office does. But here's the rub. It's up to him. And I guarantee you what's going to happen is this. This is If, I'm, if I can do my crystal ball. He's going to get out there, and he's going to talk and say, okay, what's the chatter with the teams? If I opt out, am I getting five or six years at $30 million? Am I getting $180, $200 million? And he's going to come back, and he's going to find out the answer is no. Because nobody who watched the playoffs is going to say, oh, yeah, no, give me Clayton Kershaw for $30 million a year for the next five or six years. Teams are going to say, yeah, not so much. So you know what's going to happen? They tried to push him out, and he's going to opt in, and he's going to stay with the Dodgers because he's not going to get that payday. Well, and you could do the big PR move of, hey, I love it here. I've got two more years and push forward. Now, in terms of a five, six-year deal, whatever we're talking, 
yeah, you might have a team that's ready to do that. Because if you're not on the radar, but you've got some cash to spend, and you know we could do our due diligence and start breaking down all the financials uh, as we go. But if the you know Rangers right go back to go back to Texas, you know how many more times can we see fun pictures of him and Matt Stafford hanging out together? Uh, but you have the idea of you might have a team that is isn't on the radar to win anything yet to where that, all right, let's look at his playoff record, is a, a consideration further down the, the, the pike. I mean, that's that it's not the number one thing that you're looking for. If you're a perennial contender, you're saying, yeah, we take the whatever it is, 10 to 15 wins, knowing there's an injury history, mm-hmm. but when on, this is the guy that can help us get to the dance. He can put some butts in seats and all of those things because you start thinking about the marketing and sales value of him as well. Because whenever we start talking about player salaries, everybody just goes one-to-one with what goes on on the mound. You get a question also, what's the inherent value of that player to the city, to the fan base? Can you market and sell them and sell your fans that it's a product that they want to come see, that you're building? Whether it's what you have plus Clayton Kershaw, he's the first piece. If you can prove that you're actually building towards something as opposed to uh, well, we talked about the Cleveland Browns. We traded our top receiver. We mm-hmm. traded our running back. Yeah. We fired our coach. We fired our offense. <laughs> hey, but look at our rookies. Our rookies are good. Okay, so you, you, but you don't need Kershaw. To, you don't need him to sell the Dodgers anymore. The Dodgers. No, 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 no. The Dodgers don't need that. You know, but no, it's but a question yeah. of whether there's another team that or two that would maybe not at thirty, because that's the other thing. If you're talking about six at at twenty or. or just finishing out your two at 30, his pride might have been wounded enough from the the playoffs and that getting pushed to out of that game one start to where it, you know he can say, all right, I'm going to get a long-term deal elsewhere and I'll move on. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Carmen, brought to you by Discover. Get your free credit scorecard today, even if you're not a Discover customer. It includes your FICO credit score, and checking your scorecard won't hurt your credit. Learn more at discover.com slash credit scorecard. That's discover.com slash credit scorecard. Limitations apply. And it's always awesome to check when you don't get that crediting. That is fantastic. Uh, We'll have more on this and Clayton Kershaw. And what about Manny Machado, who wants $300 million? But first, let's find out what's trending from Deb Carson, D.C. Well, the Patriots beat the Bills 25-6. to They improved to 6-2 and with a two-game lead atop the AFC East over Miami. Tom Brady happy with the win, but the QB not happy having to settle for field goals in four of those trips to the red zone. You know, they don't give up any big plays. And, you know, so we're just kind of moving it down the field, and we got into the red area, and we just couldn't get the ball in the end zone. Just not enough positive plays down there. And we had, you know, a couple opportunities that we just didn't take advantage of. And I think if we score those touchdowns, we feel a lot better. In other news, Bill Belichick was wearing a suit in the uh, press conference. Buccaneers have benched quarterback Jameis Winston in favor of Ryan Fitzpatrick for their Week 9 game against Carolina. The Browns fired Hugh Jackson and offensive coordinator Todd Haley, so it'll be defensive coordinator Greg Williams taking over as the Browns' interim head coach. Moving over to the NHL in Monday's Discover Card key matchup, the Calgary Flames won at Toronto, beating the Maple Leafs 3-1. 
Midway through the third period, the Canucks have a 4-2 home lead over the Wild. Speaking of matchups, become a new card member and Discover Card will match all the cash back you've earned dollar for dollar at the end of your first year. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. In a battle of two undefeated hoops teams, the Bucks handed the Raptors their first loss of the season. Milwaukee with a 124-108 win over the Raptors. And a huge night for Klay Thompson set an NBA record with 14 threes. 52 points in just 27 minutes for Thompson as the Warriors beat the Bulls 149-124 in Chicago. Thank you, DC. You bet. Live from the Geico Studios, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more in car insurance. Go to geico.com and see how much you can save. So there's Kershaw. Clayton Kershaw will be looking to try to increase his brand. I don't see a team saying, hey, Clayton, here is $30 million a year for the next five or six years. As you said, could he take less? Yeah, in theory, but less over great. a longer period. Like, but 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 is anybody really going to say, okay, here's twenty four million a year for five or six years? I don't see a team saying, yeah, we're we're in for that. No, I, I, I don't, don't know that it. you necessarily want them on the back end of the thirties. But it's just the the question of if you don't have to pony up that extra eight million per, and you can add uh, a year on the back end, uh, even if it's a bad. I mean, how many bad contracts have we seen for hitters? Right, but but you're you're getting into the point where the, you're thinking this is going to be a Barry Zito, a Felix Hernandez. The, the, no, the, the potential the, the is cliff is coming soon for Clayton but Kershaw. That, but that's the thing, though, is that as many of those awful outings as we've seen, we've still the velocity is really the concerning part to it all. Right, when we're he talking even said, about, "I'm not pitching to contact. Guys are just hitting my pitches more." Right, it's when like, we're whoa, talking about 91, light, 92. Beep, beep, beep. Right. That's a that's a really big deal. No, so that that was that admission was a, a bit uh, eyebrow raising. I think as you go through, but certainly the radar gun, uh, as much as we we put stock in it, I guess doesn't lie in this regard. Is that his velocity is down, and he was he was far more hittable. But then you would see one of those seven inning gems, which he also dealt mm-hmm. a couple of times, that taunts you enough, saying, "All right, how do we maximize him going forward?" Meanwhile, Manny Machado's another guy that wants a big contract. $300 million, big deal, big deal. Well, here he was after the game last night getting testy with a reporter who asked him about his future. So it sounds like you'd be up for a return, then. maybe sign your free agent. Come on, man, we just lost. Double question of that. Yeah. Can't even think about that. Okay, this on the heels of a question where he said, I loved everything about being in L.A. I loved it here. The guys here, they're so great. And so then the reporter says, so it sounds like you're up for a return. That's an easy question to answer. Yes, of course I'd love to come back here. This is great. I don't get how people biff the easy answers. It's after the World Series. You just said, I love being here. These guys in the clubhouse, they're awesome. Would you like to come back? And suddenly he gets a, how dare you ask me that kind of question? No, that's where you say, of course I'd like to come back. I want to see where free agency takes me, but I'd love to come back. Manny Machado has proven he's a phony. There is nobody who has done more damage to his reputation over a shorter period of time than Manny Machado. You have seen the, I loved it, but I can't say I'd re-up here. He went from Johnny Hustle, I don't hustle, to two dirty plays at first base when he he kicked two different first basemen and and, and one he spiked in the game last night. The at-bats they needed him. He swung for the fences, had a big hole in the swing, the entire World Series. He even dogged it in the 18-inning game, hitting a ball that he thought was a home run, and he dogged it down to first base, should have had a double. Instead, he had a single. 
And had he come through, it would have been one thing, but he did not. And I know the general consensus you see from people say, Manny Machado is having a horrible World Series, all this, and he's going to cost himself approximately $20 in free agency. No, that's absolutely incorrect. Because Manny Machado doesn't just want $300 million. He wants money from a specific team. He has a preferred destination, whether it's the Yankees, whether it's staying with the Dodgers. We obviously know it's not staying with the Dodgers because he wouldn't even say he wanted to stay. And we have heard from many insiders on our show saying that, you know, Manny's not the most beloved guy in that Dodger clubhouse. Well, he's so a guy for him to move on. Yeah, I've heard from a, a couple that it's the he doesn't add, he doesn't subtract, yeah. he's just kind of there. Right, and now you have this playoffs in which he put a lot of attention on himself for not hustling, for dirty play, and teams are seeing that this offseason going, yeah, I don't know about that now. So let's just say the Yankees are his preferred destination, right? You think everything's fine. Someone's going to give Manny Machado $300 million. If the Rays offer him $300 million, is he going there? Really, if the Indians offer him $300 million, is he going there? And I don't see anybody offering him $300 million. Maybe it's $200 million, but I don't see it $300 million. He's cost himself money, and he could have cost himself his destination. Because if, I know, if I'm the Yankees and reading the, the back page of the New York papers, they're like, stay away, stay away, stay away. He wants, let's say he wants to go there. If I'm the Yankees, I watch him in the World Series and I go, yeah, he wants a lot of money. I don't know that he's the guy we give that money he's to. He's also the and antithesis. Maybe it's Bryce Harper. Maybe Bryce Harper's the guy we say, hey, $300 million, let's go pay that for him. So now suddenly you're saying, okay, I'm going to get paid, but with the team you want to go to is not there. Why would you do that and completely ruin your reputation the way Manny Machado did? And the thing is, he did it all to himself. Is nobody else did this to him. He did this all to himself. And again, if he was great, it wouldn't matter. It doesn't matter. Look at all he does is rake. But he was awful. And when they need him to hit, he didn't hit. And those two combinations are absolute killers. Well, but yet a lot of this was was scuttlebutt in Baltimore, but he was their guy, right? You had hit him and Adam Jones and then both gone. But you look at it now becomes a national story when you're on a, a contending team and you look at what was going on here in Los Angeles and every week when I do my hit in Baltimore, like, how are they loving him there? It's like, as long as he's hitting, they'll love anybody, right? If as long as he's performing and when they gets up in key situations and being doing what they brought him in to do, which he did for, for a good chunk of time before the this postseason, then, yes, you're beloved. But then immediately, you know, it can turn on you on a dime. And that's exactly what, what happened here is you've got all these red flags. You talk about the Yankees as a preferred destination. He's the antithesis of the team that they've built right now. Like that, that team that, that the Yankees have built, those are all guys that hustle. They're young guys that are hungry. Mm-hmm. I mean, go all the way down to Aaron Judge. You know, you can say what you want about his, the strikeout level and whatever else. He's a guy that busts his tail in the field oh, yeah. and on the base paths and, and has taken none of his success and the headlines for granted. And you're going to bring this guy in? Yeah. Who no. wants him? Who <laughs> wants him around? Not just that, but who wants him? Forget about the Yankees. At least you know they have a lot of players that are already good. Do you want him influencing younger players? No. Do you want to bring him in and say, "Hey, you're going to be our leader"? Is our young? Can you see the Braves saying, "Yeah, Manny Machado, come on in, and you be the guy that rubs off on it"? No, that's not going to happen. The Phillies come in and 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 that's there's no way that's going to happen. Right. Established clubhouse. Look, he'll hit 30 home runs. He'll drive in 90 runs, and he's going to vex you, and he's going to cause. Issues and you saw it here. I mean, uh, every after every game, good, bad, indifferent, he was a lightning rod, and that's that's not what you want 
uh, long term for your locker room. Twitter at How About a Fresca, Mike at Swollen Dome, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend Mike Harmon. Coming up next, we got more Monday Night Football reaction, including a story that Jay Glazer told us earlier that could have changed the NFL the past decade, but it just didn't happen in a crazy way. We'll tell you what it is next on Fox. They came hard. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend Mike Harmon live from the Geico Studios. We'll tell you what Jay Glazer told us a couple minutes ago, a few minutes ago, in a couple of minutes. But first, this I can't believe is true. But reports are coming out of the Bay Area. Obviously, Clay Thompson tonight with his 14-3, set a new NBA record. He had 52 points in 27 minutes. So that's that's a bucket every minute he now was on tri- the floor. Yeah, in tribute to our teammate here at Fox Sports Radio, Dan Patrick, in Fuego. But apparently the Warriors' post-game broadcast broke down the number of dribbles that Clay Thompson took on his 14 threes. That would suck. Here's your job. Yeah. Count the dribbles. You know how many dribbles he took? How many? Five. Now then you didn't have to count. Five dribbles to make 14 threes. You know, this goes back to what we talked about, about great players like Steph Curry and Kevin Durant. People want to go crazy about how great a player Steph Curry is. And look, I'm ready for my interview anytime, KNBR. But when, when you're talking about a team that moves the ball so well in the Steve Kerr offense that you have a guy that broke the career record for threes in a game and he only had to dribble the ball five times, what does that tell you about the system you're playing in when you can catch and shoot like that? You spread the floor with those four all-stars, and yeah, you're going to wind up having an incredible amount of success. I mean, just realize for a second – what we should always be focusing on is how good this team is and everybody together. Because the individual talents, you put Steph Curry on a different team, is Steph Curry the same guy? Of No way. He's a guy that's scoring 22, 24, 25 a night. He's taking a lot of shots, and he's getting beat up because he's getting double and triple teamed. But the fact that you can't really do that because you have so many ways that they can kill you, that goes into account. Here's Clay Thompson with 52 bleeping points tonight. And he's a guy who was for a while was the fourth option. Right now he's the third option, but when Boogie Cousins shows up, he's going to be the fourth option again. And he can still score 52, 14 threes, five total dribbles that he had on 14 threes. It's the system. It's the offense. It's the team the Warriors have. This is why things are so incredible for them. It's not about the individual player because the team wasn't good at all until Steve Kerr showed up. Steph Curry scored 10 more points a game for his career when Steve Kerr showed up. That's what the real star is. Good rising contender to dominance once Steve Kerr arrives. And now you look at what Clay Thompson can do on a given night, what Steph Curry does. What I mean, Curry and, and Kevin Durant tonight combined to take 18 shots. They were non-factors. It was the Clay Thompson show from the outset 42-point halftime lead over a, a wounded and, well, just not very good Bulls team. Talking to some friends back in Chicago. A lot of excitement for this team coming into town, though. The circus was in town for a night, uh, just like it was when the old Bulls teams would go around on their road trips. So there were a lot of similarities, and they were doing a lot of features uh, in preparation of this game, you know, and celebrating the Bears' 
dominant win over the Jets as well. Mm. Uh, but then, you know, just kind of hearkening back to the days when the Bulls team was that curiosity that, you know, you had to figure out a way to get to the arena when they came to town. And that was the the buzz and the traffic snarl and everything with the Warriors. And, and they sure as hell didn't disappoint if you sat down to watch that game. <laughs> Eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox Twitter at How About a Fresca Mike at Swollen Dome the Jason Smith Show with Mike Carmen I mean it it's the excellent this is this is the best team we've ever seen in the NBA you know modern day with everything else it's that good but speaking of something that good we talked to Jay Glazer earlier in the show tonight and he told us how insane the trade deadline is going to be in the NFL we'll get to Lashawn McCoy and the possibility of him being traded Josh Gordon everybody we got Bill Belichick coming up soon but. Jay said, do you want to hear the craziest trade deadline story of all time? We said, of course. Of course we do. And he told us that back in 2008, Tony Gonzalez was traded to the Packers and the Eagles. The Chiefs wanted a third-round pick and a player. And the Eagles said yes, and the Packers said yes. And basically, they told Tony Gonzalez, you have to figure out what team you want to go to. Right? They let We have a deal in place with both of these teams. Where do you want to go? And... After the deal was agreed upon, Carl Peterson, the Chiefs GM, pulled it off the table and said, no, I want a second-round pick. And Tony Gonzalez was really mad after it was done because he thought, I'm going to the, I'm picking between the Packers and the Eagles. And Carl Peterson said, I want a second-round pick. And nobody pointed up, so we're not trading a second-round pick for Tony Gonzalez. So he wound up staying with the Chiefs. He was really mad. He left after the year, went to the Falcons, and had five more phenomenal seasons in Atlanta. Another 400 catches and 35 touchdowns. Jay also told us the Giants could have had Tony Gonzalez, but they didn't want to part with a third-round pick. So Jerry Reese and the Giants dropped out right away. Can you imagine the last 10 years in the NFL, what Aaron Rodgers would have done with Tony Gonzalez those first four or five years when he started in the league? Can you imagine that? Can you imagine what the Eagles might have been able to do with Tony Gonzalez? Because it's not like he was done. He had 90 catches a year for the next five years. Yeah, that's that certainly changes the complexion of, of NFL history and, and the NFC as you look at those teams, right? L.J. Smith in Philadelphia I mean, had a couple of moments but never yeah, became but, a mean, consistent guy. You talk about the best tight end that we've seen in, in NFL history, and he had five more great years. Could the Packers have won three Super Bowls? With Tony Gonzalez and Aaron Rodgers back then? Could the Eagles have won at least one? You know what I want to do? I want to go simulate it on a video game system. <laughs> like oh, I'm in are Rocky. Doing that now. They heard Jay say that on our show. People are already No, doing it was that a great now. story. And They're I mean, one of the things out. I love about our relationship with Jay Glazer, he comes in and he drops gems like that. When he says, when he said, Do you want to hear a great. You want to hear the best trade deadline story? What are we going to say? Yeah, no, say, nah. You know what? No, that's all right. And that's that was insane. That would have changed the NFL in 10 years. What a chance! Different teams would win and lose the Super Bowl if that trade, if one of those trades happened. I, I bet you Aaron Rodgers would love to have Tony Gonzalez with, with that squad now. He's re- he's really mad, Aaron Rodgers. He's here. He's a story salty going, guy oh right God, now. God, really? Twitter at how about a fresco? We got more on Clay and Bill Belichick answering questions in a suit and tie about Josh Gordon and other players. I'm not lying. It's next. Suit and tie. Final hour of the show, the Jason Smith Show, with my best friend Mike Harmon, live from the Geico Studios, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more in car insurance. More info, visit geico.com. And, of course, if you miss any of the show, you can download the Best of Podcast, iTunes, Google Play, foxsportsradio.com. Use the iHeartRadio app, iTunes, Google Play, 
FoxSportsRadio.com, the iHeartRadio app. Listen to the whole show, parts of it, whatever you want. Rate us. Give us five stars. We'll love you forever and ever and ever. We got Bill Belichick coming your way in a couple minutes, wearing a suit and tie. Suit and answering tie. questions at the postgame press conference. I like that. I hope he talks about that because I, I'm like, it, really? I say, it's not just, it's a suit and it's a, uh, he's got a vest and he's got a white shirt and a white tie. It's a good look. I mean, that's that's stuff. That's a superstar I, look right that, there. That's the most shocking thing on on Twitter that I've seen. I mean, I, I I I'm I'm stunned. I can't believe that. Yeah, that's one of the more shocking things this evening. <laughs> it's absolutely um, insane. Just one of those. I mean, he arrived at the stadium. I mean, years ago in a suit and tie that made a big deal. So I mean that that's something for people. I mean, he'd been on a suit and tie when he was on talk shows. Post game back in twenty, like they're isolated incidents yeah. about once a year. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, like like the one time he's verbose about a player, the groundhog. Yeah, uh, when I talk about Johnny Hecker. Well, yeah, I mean, I go back for twenty minutes. But go back two Johnny weeks Hecker. ago. He before that Bears game, he went on about the the play call to the touchdown pass to Doug Gabriel from the Bears game the week yeah. before yeah, for about true. eight minutes. Yeah, he did. And you know what? Doug, <laughs> Gabriel was a non-factor. They completely erased him. Yeah, in that high-scoring affair a week ago. So if he gives you uh, effusive praise, know that, uh, well, that's the last time anybody's going to get to say your name for a while because he's erasing you. Here, it, it's a once-a-year once occurrence, kind of like you know the groundhog seeing his shadow or something like that. Monday Night Football goes to the New England Patriots. It was a game that wasn't really that exciting, and the Patriots, at least it was close for a while. You thought maybe the Bills could pull off the upset, but... New England scores 13 points in the fourth quarter. They pull away from the Bills, 25-6. to Derek Anderson throws for 290, gets hurt late. Nathan Peterman comes in, finishes the final couple of plays for the Bills. However, it was all for naught. And two big storylines coming off of this. One involves a member of the Patriots. One involves a member of the Bills. Patriots first. Josh Gordon played tonight, despite the fact that there were reports that he had been late twice for team activities the last couple of days. Once to practice or a practice type of meeting or, or situation, and the other one was late for the uh, team plane to Buffalo. And we had heard he's going to be sat down for the first quarter of the game tonight, and that didn't happen. He played, caught four passes for 42 yards. Uh, and he and was winging it around on the the first possession. It played. wasn't even the quarter, yeah. right? No, he, no, hey, no. he may not play a quarter. He comes he in right off. Plays. And look, whatever it is, we're going to hear from Belichick in a couple of minutes on it, is that just remember, Josh Gordon, how good he is. He's good while he's there, but he's his own worst enemy. And a month in Josh Gordon's world is a long time. And you're talking about, boy, the Patriots have really hit their stride now. They're 6-2. and two. You know, Jay Glazer told us, listen, what the Patriots do better than anybody else is when they start slow, but their film work and what they do, I mean, not illegally getting plays, but the film hey, work hey, and what they do now. after the first few weeks is unmatched in the NFL. So the more, the more tape they get, the more they get into their opponents, the better they get. So it's like get the Patriots early instead of getting them late. But certainly last we saw, five last five games yeah. averaging thirty six points a game. But certainly early on, you saw that there was a way you can give the Patriots sure. problems, and they needed to add weapons at wide receiver. They get Julian Edelman back. They add Josh Gordon. He's a weapon. But you realize this is the beginning of November for Josh Gordon. 
and the odds are that he's still going to be around playing a big role at the end of the year? I mean, it sounds like, well, of course he is. But remember, it's Josh Gordon. He's a guy that would be great. Three weeks in a row, he'll look like the best receiver in the NFL, and then suddenly, oh, yeah, and he's suspended this week because uh, he missed practice or he missed something, or and, and now he's not even on the team. I mean, that's what you are. you got to realize it's a long way. You can't count that you're going to have Josh Gordon throughout this season and through the end. And when that happens to the Patriots, their offense loses a lot because you lose a guy that the defense has to account for. Even in games in which he's not having a big game statistically, you have to account for him. And if you don't have to do that, that makes things a lot tougher on Tom Brady. So that's to me, that's like the biggest storyline that I'm going to watch throughout the next few weeks with the Patriots is how long is Josh Gordon actually going to play on this team? Yeah, I think one of the things out of this report from today is how much in the backstory did we find out about what possible reasoning there was for being tardy, right? Because Bill Belichick, I mean, he sat down Malcolm Butler in the Super Bowl mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Personnel, doghouse for something he said or did. Well, the world may never know. You figure this was like, you know, like getting to the center of a Tootsie Roll pop, right? One, a two, a three, no, crunch. Yeah, three. So the world may never know. We, I would have figured at this point, since so many people started flapping their gums this offseason, allegedly, someone would have had the news as to what exactly happened and transpired to put Butler on the bench. Oh, no, we didn't get that. So, uh, you know, everybody seems fairly happy right now uh, in New England. But with Josh Gordon, I I think one of the things in the locker room is the fear of what his role is and not being the guy. Where in Cleveland, he was the man. he going to respond to that? Is he going to be someone that gets disinterested in football if he's not that guy? But that's it. Think about how – and look, all the reports are great that he's got a great rapport with Brady. They do extra film work. They do extra throws. All of that stuff. But think about how many receivers go from being a number one on a team and the ego doesn't allow them to go to number two. Right? Just saying, all right, you're still an important cog and you go here. With on a, on a given week in New England, you could go from being a 12-target guy one week mm-hmm. to being a two-target, you're-just-running-wind-sprints guy the next, depending on how the game plan goes or how Brady's pass distribution flows. And and that's part of it is also managing the ego and expectations of a guy coming in as well. Twitter at how about a fresca Mike at Swollen Dome. Before we get to the big Bills question, because tomorrow this Bills question could dominate headlines, let's hear from... The Natalie attired Bill Belichick suit, tie, vest, all of it following the Patriots' victory. So it's a good weekend for Boston. And, um, you know, today was the usual uh, tough battle here in Buffalo. Um, it's always, you know, they do a good job. Um, Coach McDermott's um, they're a very good fundamental team. Um, they came hard. They made us grind it out, grind out every yard. You know, we had a hard time getting the ball in the end zone. Um, they, they played aggressively. They played hard, and, um, and unfortunately, we were able to make a couple plays in the second half to, um, you know, have a little bit of a cushion there. Um, it's good not to turn the ball over. Um, that was that was really good. Hopefully, we can build on that. Uh, it's one of Buffalo is one of the best turnover teams in the league. They do a great job of getting the ball out. So, um, really glad for us that we were able to take care of it um, as well as we did. That'll serve us well going forward if we can do that. So, um, good to get a division win on the road. And, you know, time, time to start getting ready for a quick turnaround here in Green Bay. 
Well, CP is you know is a great athlete and he does a great job with the ball in his hands. So um, we're able to hand it to him a few times. He's done a good job uh, on the return game and on some other um, plays that he had a chance to run with. So like uh, I had a couple solid runs out there. You know we're a little light at the run back position, so we need him to step up and. You know, he did a lot of guys that the force today, but he did a good job. Well, that's kind of that's what a team does. Uh, you know, the team responds, and we were light at linebacker, we were light at running back, and uh, the guys that played um, stayed out there. They played hard, and, and they were productive uh, in both those positions. So we we definitely needed that, and you know, we we're fortunate to get it. Kyle's a real instinctive player, and uh, we play him at a lot of different spots. He takes on a, a great amount of responsibility, plus the signal calling. Um, but, Plays on the line, plays off the line, um, plays Mike, plays Will, plays plays online responsibilities, defensive end, if you will. Um, and so he's he's a pretty versatile player, very smart, works hard, and he's done a great job for us. You know, a couple of big plays today. Yeah, absolutely. Those are really uh, you know bonus points that you know you can't count on. You you always hope you get those kind of turnovers and production, but it's hard to count on those. Uh, you're lucky if you get you know a couple a year, and um, you know, we've had three the last two weeks, so. But Devin made a great play, uh, Patrick too, on the on the interception uh, where you know Clay kind of got inside of, of uh, Pat and uh, Pat had help, so he kind of you know pushed him over to Devin. Devin did, did a nice job of hiding it and um, breaking on the ball and um, really really ran fast down the sideline. He was moving, so that was a good run, good interception return. Uh, kind of reminded me of the kickoff return against the Jets a few years ago. As rookie year, uh, but yeah, it was a big play for us. Um, you know, they're driving in in the red area, and you know, kind of turned it around. So it's a big play. I mean, first of all, it's like you wouldn't stop talking. Isn't it great? And how did nobody ask me about? No, nobody asked about the suit. You got to ask about the suit. Look, and here's you here's how it. I know is I go to Twitter right now and I and I uh, Twitter search Belichick suit, and the number one thing that comes up is my question. Belichick is wearing a black suit, white shirt, and white tie. What's up? And and there's no answer. No, but to that's it. it. I did the search, and that was why I found out that it's once a year, like once a year occurrence. <laughs> he dressed up for Halloween. I'm dressed it's up in a opposite. suit. I'm gonna I'm gonna really dress up. I'm gonna for dress you. up. I'm gonna put a suit on. And I'm gonna of... give you verbose answers to questions. No, that which, was fantastic. Effusive with his praise. All right, two things for you. Uh, he referenced the it was good to to not have turnovers, not turn the ball over, that Buffalo's so good at doing that. Mm-hmm. Coming into the game, 13 turnovers for the Patriots this year. They had 12 all of last season. Look, it's like I, I've said from the beginning, this is the last year of the Patriots dynasty. This is the whatever this year is going to be, because this year is more of a struggle. Teams are catching up to them, and how things are going – uh, do you really think all of this cast and crew are going to be together one more year? They almost all disbanded at the end of this season, but they had been to the Super Bowl and they. Yeah, I already alluded. To, I already alluded to that Patriots report dynasty. though. Uh, yeah, a little year. bit earlier, where you know suddenly twelve or fifteen or whatever that number was, people all flapping their gums of how everybody hates each other. There's no evidence. Well, really, of that. It's, well, really, it's it's just about it's about Belichick and Brady, and to a lesser extent, Gronk. Right. I mean, those are the big. I mean, you take Brady away, they don't have another. They they can't get Jimmy Garoppolo back. Jimmy, Jimmy, look. Is, well, Jimmy, Jimmy, really Jimmy's broke right now. So I don't know. I don't know if you want Jimmy back. I mean, those are your guys. I mean, Gronk, you can get by without Gronk because obviously you can't buy without yeah, Gronk. Right. But it's about Brady and Belichick. One of them leaves. Well, it doesn't matter. 
I mean, you're bringing in somebody else that's not Belichick's attention to detail of what he does. Guy's the best coach in the NFL. Or you're missing Tom Brady, who walks away or goes to a different team, whatever it is, and suddenly it's, well, now we're missing that quarterback. And that's the last year of the Patriots dynasty. It's really about the two of them because they're the only two constants for the entire dynasty. And the two of them will will love each other until Tom Brady's. Um, they don't love each other. They don't I, love I, each other. I don't, don't, love I don't each think other. they have to. They don't love each other. All right, here's a... This, here's, is not, this is not marriage where, you know, like, well, if I don't see my wife, I can still... No, they got to be together all the time. Because there's marriages, I get... There's marriages where, you know, why do things work? Well, because... We don't see each other no, all that no, often. No, there's that. I travel a lot. She's had a t- you know, whatever it is. But this is when we no, we're together every day, and it's that's what that's why it's harder. But as long as they're winning, it'll get there. But you mentioned the acumen, the dominance of Bill Belichick. This came from ESPN, uh, retweeted by uh, Sam Farmer of the L.A. Times. Uh, in order to match Hugh Jackson's career winning percentage of two oh five. Oh boy. Bill Belichick would have to lose his next 867 games. No, come on. 54 seasons worth he of would games have to, lose to get to that. Because <laughs> think about where he is now in he terms of his winning percentage. Right, where he is in his games. percentage. He would have to lose 54 seasons worth uh, of games. You know what? If, if he became the Jets head coach, he could give it a run. He could really give that a run. Thanks for that win yesterday, buddy. Twitter at How About a Fresca. You played the C game. Congratulations. Hey, hey, succeed and proceed just like tonight. We have more as we look ahead to the NFL trade deadline tomorrow. Could LaShawn McCoy's name be one on the move? Also, is LeBron James really pissed at a reporter? Is he pissed at his teammates? Or is he pissed at himself? Maybe you. Whoa, you'll hear LeBron. What he had to say following the Lakers' loss tonight. Coming up next right here, this is Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon. And uh, a friend of the show, I think, has just started a fight with LeBron James. Well, former friend of the show now. Well, well, he's got to still be friend of the show. Not if he's messing with LeBron, he's not. Wow. Yeah, that's what's up. <laughs> Sir Justin Frostberg, ready ready to, to push people to the side. LeBron's our guy now. <laughs> he is. Uh, Harmon, well, uh, you've knighted him the king. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Ever. And it goes the other way. <laughs> we'll have more NFL and more on Clay Thompson coming up in a couple of minutes. But well, I'm the king. Tonight, we watch the Lakers fall to 2-5 and five as they lose to Minnesota 124-120. to Jimmy Buckets has a huge night, hits a dagger of a three with 20 seconds left that gave the Timberwolves a five-point lead. The Lakers could not overcome it. And in defeat, LeBron James, another near triple-double, 29 points, 10 rebounds, and 8 assists. Brandon Ingram returns to the starting lineup. He scores 24. Lonzo Ball stays in the starting lineup. Just 4 points for him. 0 for 4 from 3-point range. So, with the Lakers falling to 2-5 and and the game being in Minnesota, friend of the show and college basketball analyst analyst who... You know, joined us all the time the last four years to talk college basketball. Apparently, I, evidently, that's a, it's a final. Uh, Reed Forgrave, who covers college hoops uh, for CBS Sports, was at the game tonight and asked LeBron James a question post game that's starting to gain a lot of run on social media. And well, here's the question, the answer, and we'll try to break down just how pissed LeBron James really is. At what point does that patience run out, and, and what do you look like as a leader when your patience does run out? 
You probably don't want to be around when my patients run out. I'm serious. <laughs> How dare you? Reed Forgrave. <laughs> I think that was directed at Reed. I honestly do. What do you guys think? I'm serious. Uh, all right. I, I think that's a brilliant. Uh, all right. Let's, brilliant let's, uh, response let, by LeBron James in a mirrored. The, everybody's making a big deal that the yeah, uh, this is player a lockers deal. are mirrored in the back too. But yes, this is kind of a big deal because at two and five, even though you're scoring a lot of points and you're getting your guys back off suspension, there's uh, there's starting to be a little bit of anxiety for sure. Uh, let's hear it one more time because we'll see just where we'll break it down. Who he's really pissed off at? One more time. At what point does that patience run out, and and what do you look like as a leader when your patience does run out? You probably don't want to be around when my patients run out. I'm serious. So, all right. So there's <laughs> what happens when you get angry, Doctor Banner? Huh? Uh, you don't you don't want, you don't like me when I'm angry. I'm serious. You don't want to be around when my patience is out. Oh, so, can we play that sad music and I'll do the oh, walking away? The sad Remember when they music? did that on uh, Family Guy? Stewie, play, play, play that sad song from The Incredible <laughs> Hulk. Watch me, watch me, look at me. So, who is LeBron James mad at? I think he's mad at Reed. I okay. Now Ooh, first he's mad all, at you. We know that it's gaining a lot of traction. You don't want to be around when my patience runs out. And then he tells him seriously. And then he tells him seriously. So what is LeBron trying to accomplish by saying that? Is he mad at Reed? Is he mad at his teammates? Is he really mad or is he just giving a, hey, you don't want to be around when my patience runs out? I've run coaches out of town when my patience I, runs I think out. that's Guys kind of. when my patience runs out. I think that's kind of what we're talking about right here is the, uh, the idea of we need to start winning. And we need to start playing more consistently. How about, or uh, you've seen me clean house before. How about this breaking news? The Lakers have just hired Teron Lou as Luke Walton's bench assistant. So is he really mad? No. I don't think LeBron is really mad. This is not post-game meltdown. You know, I'm going to stare daggers at reporters while I'm wearing a short suit like he did in the NBA Finals. And then take your bag and go home? Yeah. So I just asked Reed Forgrave on Twitter. I said, Reed, was that was that LeBron James talking to you when he said, you don't want to be around when my patience runs out? And Reed says, yes, responding to him specifically. So that's what Reed says. Reed says he was responding to him specifically. And, okay, don't ask me that question ever again. Told you. <laughs> that's like, get out of here. Who are you? <laughs> What are you doing here? <laughs> you know, should we, should How we get, dare you ask me hard questions? Should we get Reed to call in? Sure. Yeah, ask him if he wants to do 1030. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, is is that uh, Le- LeBron, I mean, if that's legitimately responding to Reed in that fashion at game seven, that's fairly pathetic uh, <laughs> by LeBron James if that's actually the case. I'm going to yell You don't want to be around here. See, because I don't know. I don't, I don't know if, that Because if is. that's at him directly. It is. You don't want to taste... Test my patience, you. Who see, are you? Well, I think, see, LeBron is calculated. And here's, oh, here's yes, what I'm he going to say. I'm going to say LeBron is getting over on a bunch of things here. He's telling Reed, Don't stay in your lane. Patience. Yeah, he's telling him stay in his lane. But he's also throwing it out there to his teammates. Stay I'm not quite going to get mad at you yet, but don't want to be around when my patience runs out. So it's kind of like U2's song one that knows. works on so many different levels. <laughs> yes. One love, what kind of love? No, and, and that's the way it is. He's warning Reed, 
but also he knows his teammates are going to get winded. No, because seriously, this is who LeBron is. He is the most calculated player that we've seen this side of Kobe Bryant. He knows how his words are going to be played out in the media. So he knows when I say this, I'm going to say this, and it seems like I'm saying it to the reporter, the guy asking, but also I want my teammates to know, hey, I'm patient, but I'm not going to be patient forever. Also probably telling Luke Walton I'm not going to be patient forever. So I think he's, I think he's trying to serve a lot of different things here. No, certainly a lot of a lot of at play there. And look, he, he's always got a message for for reporters. And and if you don't ask the questions in line, because that's that's stepping into it, right? That's not, uh, hey, you know, what did you see? What what could be done better? You got guys back in the lineup after suspensions. There's a lot of potential excuse making that could have been done and things to point to. Just a blanket, you know. When does your patience run out? Yeah. Like, what do you like? And, and and from what you've seen, you know, are you frustrated is kind of the beginning of the question that gets into the what do you like when you've lost that patience? I, 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 don't, I don't think this is a case where you need to get to lose your patience, whether it's with the team. Now, whether it's with Reed, we'll find out when he calls in. But whether it's the team, look, you're two and five. You're close in all of these games. It's about finishing and having a winning mentality because, quite honestly, the Lakers don't have a winning mentality. They don't. They're they're not a team that's won in years. And outside of LeBron James, who on this team has a, quote, winning mentality? Yeah, Rondo's won, but it's been a long time. And certainly now he's coming off the bench. This is a team that needs to learn how to win. They've been in every single game. It's come down to the end, and they have to execute. So I can see LeBron James getting a little upset at the end, but I think if you're the Lakers, you're LeBron, you're happy where the team is actually at. We're competitive in every game. We're scoring a lot of points, and we just have to figure out those last couple minutes that get that last defensive stop. When I pass it to Rondo and he's underneath for a layup, don't dribble out like an idiot. I mean, we got to figure that stuff out. But I don't think this is any time for the Lakers to go, okay, my patience is running out. I gotta be honest, be fine. The, the Rondo play and, and his subsequent response in the in the postgame, I mean, that's about as good a response as you're gonna get. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> right? sure. I mean, it was a calculated thing. I made a decision. He owned it <laughs> and you move on. <laughs> it's the other stuff and the failure to rotate and some of the lack of finishing uh that you're seeing from some of the younger players where the patience is going to be tested. In one minute, Reed Forgrave, who was apparently threatened by LeBron James. Yeah. <laughs> now that's the story right there. In his post game is going to join us on the show. But first, and we'll find out if he's filed a police report. Oh, now you're talking. Uh, but first, Deb Carson with What's Trending, D.C. That is a tease. Devin McCourty breaking a drought of 40 games for the Patriots. Patterson on third and 10, dropping back and firing down the middle pass. Oh. It's intercepted by Devin McCourty. Runs it left, 25-30 to the 40. Speeding past the 50. Oh, Spreading to the 40. A blocker in front at the 20. 15-10. Goodbye. Oh. Pick six, Devin McCourty. 84-yard pick six on the Patriots radio network. That ends the Patriots' drought of 40 games without a defensive touchdown. Patriots beat the Bills 25-6, to and they improved to 6-2. and They've got a two-game lead atop the AFC East over Miami. Buccaneers have benched quarterback Jameis Winston in favor of Ryan Fitzpatrick for their Week 9 game against Carolina. Browns fired head coach Hugh Jackson and offensive coordinator Todd Haley. It'll be defensive coordinator Greg Williams serving as the Browns' interim head coach. Oakland A's have given long-term extensions to manager Bob Melvin and Keep front office personnel, including EVP, 
Billy Bean. Online car shopping can be confusing. Not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Games of note in the NBA, the Warriors beat the Bulls 149-124. Klay Thompson setting a new NBA record for three-pointers with 14. Finished with 52 points in just 27 minutes. Also, the Bucks handed... The Raptors, their first loss of the season. Milwaukee improves to 7-0. Raptors uh, lose 124-108. Milwaukee with the win over Toronto. Guys? Thank you, DC. You bet. Live from the Geico Studios, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more in car insurance. More info. Visit geico.com. Well, joining us now on the hotline, a man who apparently was threatened by LeBron James earlier tonight. It is friend of the show, CBS College Basketball Insider, Reed Forgrave. Reed, are you okay if you filed a police report, Reed? I don't know. In the background, you might be able to hear an ambulance because I am standing right outside the Target Center. Um, and uh, I apologize for this really loud ambulance, but they have to, you know, this is what happens when LeBron James threatens you. That's actually perfect timing. By that ambulance. We Hearing for his personal safety. <laughs> Hashtag Save Reed Forgrave is now trending on Twitter. Yeah. All right, so we're going to play Goodness it one more great. time so you can hear it. Now I'm going to offer my two theories as to what he was saying, and then you tell us what the answer is. Sound good? Let's do it. All right. Let's do it. Let's hear Reed's question and the answer one more time. At what point does that patience run out, and, and what do you look like as a leader when your patience does run out? You probably don't want to be around when my patience run out. I'm serious. <laughs> okay, so the two theories are... He really doesn't like you and threatened you. The other theory no. is being a very being the heady player that he is and being the calculated player he is, he's just sending a message, a little bit of one to you to back off of the questions, but also to his team that, you know, I'm not gonna lose my patience now, but keep trying me, and then I could lose my patience because then you know coaches get fired and guys get traded. You are you ready for a little bit of uh Reed Forgrave naivete right here? Sure. I Let's think get LeBron it. meant I think he meant exactly what he said. I think he said exactly what he meant. I think he, I asked him, what does it look like? What do you as a leader look like when things actually run out? Because he's been talking about patience since the moment he signed with the Lakers. He knew this is a young team. This is the first time he's ever been on a team where he is the oldest player on the team. He's 33. Every single player on this roster is younger, and most of them are 21 or 23 uh, as far as the core goes. So, he knew he was taking this on when he came here. He has been speaking patience since the beginning. And frankly, when you look at these Lakers, they're doing things that you expect young teams to do. They're not fully following the defensive schemes. They're not fully following game plans. They're not finishing games. These aren't particularly surprising. In fact, I would say we should be less surprised that the Lakers are sitting at 2-5 and five right now than we should have been if they were sitting at 5-2. and two. So I think what LeBron really meant was pretty simple. He just meant, hey, man, when, when I get mad, you'll know that I get mad. And I think he is uh, – I think he's irked right now. I think he's frustrated. I don't think he's mad. And I think when he's mad, we will all know it. Well, so, but he gets it out there, Reed. Just the we, – we've seen him clean house before as de facto GM in Cleveland – so perhaps a bit earlier to put people on notice, but certainly not unprecedented. Yeah, not unprecedented. I mean, I mean, I guess here's the thing with LeBron. It's like uh, it's like every president in American history 
and, until Donald Trump. It's like broken all the rules here. But uh, it, it's like you read into every little thing, uh, and, and you read the tea leaves, and everything LeBron says is a headline. Uh, that's why he tries to not say that much. And maybe tonight he said a little bit too much, just describing what he's like. I, I gotta be honest. I, I think LeBron is in a. I don't think he is that frustrated with this team. I think he knew this was going to happen. I think he knew when he signed with the Lakers that this was not going to be a championship team right away. That they need one, they need more development of their youngsters, and two, they need uh, another another big piece in order to get over that hump. So. To me, I think LeBron is fairly sanguine about this. He knows the Warriors are the best team in the West. He knows that the Lakers are probably not going to be in the top four in the West. But he also knows that he is one of the best two basketball players of all time, and he can put this team on his shoulders when he needs to. And there's a lot of potential here, which we see in in flashes and spurts. We don't see it on a consistent basis because they're so young. But, uh, look, I think this is kind of what he expected. Reed, Frostberg has already told me he's not buying it. He thinks that was a direct threat to you for asking him about losing patience. <laughs> <laughs> hold, hold, hold on. The ambulance driver is actually like loading me into the ambulance right now. I'm going to need like five seconds until I'm uh, – hold on. Let me get this, let me get this uh, oxygen mask on. Okay, I'm good. Did you feel for a second it was directed at you? <laughs> you know, what's funny is uh, uh, after he says, you don't want to see me when, I'm, uh, when I lose my patience – First of all, I thought of his, his his poor children. Like I'm just like, oh my gosh, when, when he loses his patience with his children, I watch out. But second of all, then I then I kind of laughed, uh, and I don't know if you can hear that in the tape, but I laughed. And LeBron stares at me, and he like stares like basically through me, and he's like, I'm serious. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> then my uh, then my you know what just kind of shriveled deep inside me, and I said, oh okay, LeBron, whatever you say, sir. Seriously, <laughs> don't you laugh at what I'm saying? <laughs> well, I mean, because in your head, look, because in your head, you saw Bill Bixby from those old episodes of The Incredible Hulk when he w- would then become Lou Ferrigno. I mean, you don't like him when he's angry. So, hey, man. That's it. But my two-year-old is currently obsessed with The Incredible Hulk. So, yeah, that was exactly what I saw. I was there, like, oh my see? God, no, don't go turn green. All right. So, in Minnesota right now, I mean, obviously a hero uh, of the day, Jimmy Butler once again. I thought you were going to say Reed's the hero of the day for asking well, that no, question. no, absolutely I mean, this he is. is. Yeah, yeah, I, come I, on, I can only kiss his ass Reed, so long. Reed, I, we got is... other questions to ask. <laughs> Reed, you don't re- – I mean, I, I mean, it's one thirty in the morning. Where, where, how long – what old time is it where you are? 1230? Twelve thirty. I have no idea. Right, I, I literally have no idea. It's ten forty. Bar. It's ten. <laughs> the target center. Talk to you guys. You it's, have to do the time it is. Come on, man. It's ten forty on the West Coast, and I said, "Call in so we could talk to you about this." This is exploding on social media, dude. Tomorrow, I mean, tomorrow is going to be such a huge day. You're going to be like a hero of the Rock people, star. and people are also going to hate you. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah, you guys know how much I love social media. This is going to be. Awesome! I can't wait to. I'm gonna. I just want to read your mentions. Uh, but you got Jimmy Butler there, right? And all the talk he's going to be gone, and and tonight he he bests LeBron James on the home court. Man, that's that's got to be something for the local folks as well. I, I mean, dude, this is a this is an incredibly scarred fan base, uh, just from like decades of ineptitude. Not just from the Timberwolves, but from like every professional sports team 
in this uh, in this great state of Minnesota, where I live, by the way. And I think they're very uh, look. They, they're not surprised that this has turned so south so quickly. And yet, when Jimmy Butler, you know, supposedly screamed to the general manager Scott Layden at a practice right before the season started, you can't win without me, Scott. You know what? He's right, man. Like, this team is, with Jimmy Butler, they can be really, really good. Uh, remember, when, when he got injured last season, they were, they were sitting at third place in the mm-hmm. Western Conference. He is uh, both a very difficult human being and an incredible basketball player who can, can both alienate his teammates and lift them up. So what he did tonight was he lifted them up. Uh, he was, I mean, he was incredible. And uh, Luke Walton was like, the dude made shots. We defended some of them. We didn't defend others, but he made shots. He made, uh, I think, five threes in the fourth quarter. That's the difference in this game. So, look, I, I, I think inevitably he gets traded, right? Like, this is an unsustainable situation. And if you are the Timberwolves, you have a top 15 player in the NBA. By definition, there are only 15 of those. And if you have one of those, and you know that you're not going to re-sign him for next year, you need to get something for him, something for him. And I think Tibbs might just be trying to milk it as long as he can to get as many wins as he can, perhaps save his job, and uh, eventually maybe trade him by the trade deadline in February. You can follow him on Twitter at Reed Forgrave, CBS Sports, College Basketball Insider. Check out his column on LeBron James and Patience. You can check it out at CBSSports.com, also on Reed's Twitter page. Now, Reed, I'll give you a preview of what your interview with Stephen A. Smith is going to go, how it's going to go tomorrow. You ready? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. You're, you're going to be on first Am take, I? and this is what's going to happen. <laughs> Reed Forgrave, I have it on good authority that that was directed towards you. So let me give you one piece of advice. Oh, Lay off the weed. <laughs> And then, what in the world was that? Then, <laughs> that was the best Stephen A. impression I've ever heard. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah, keep on keeping on, Reed. We'll talk to you soon, buddy. Have fun. All right, oh. guys. See ya. See you, ya, buddy. There goes Reed again. That's <laughs> CBSSports.com. Reed Forgrave on Twitter. Really, he has no idea how big this is going to be tomorrow. Oh, no. He he's no going to be everywhere. He get that suit and tie ready. Go get that Bill Belichick ensemble going now. When you're hiring, you don't want to waste time sorting through dozens of irrelevant resumes. You want an efficient way to get to a short list of qualified candidates. That's why you need Indeed.com. Post a job in minutes. Set up screener questions based on your job requirements. Then zero in on qualified candidates using an intuitive online dashboard. Discover why 3 million businesses use Indeed for hiring. Post a job today at Indeed.com slash hire. That's Indeed.com slash hire. Search for greatness. Search Indeed. Coming up next, Jay Glazer told us how the NFL changed in the last decade. And it was an amazing story about one trade that was consummated and then backed out of, and it could have changed the NFL for the past 10 years. What was it? Find out next on Fox. I'm serious. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend Mike Harmon. Tonight's show brought to you by Discover Card. We treat you like you treat you. And what are we going to be doing? Nice callback, Alex Tightshirt. R. Kelly's back in the mix, apparently. <laughs> Thanks to Reed Forgrave for stopping by a few minutes ago, the reporter that 
asked LeBron James about, hey, what's it going to be like? Your patience being tested? And LeBron said, you don't want to be around when my patience runs out. I'm serious. And then he hulked out. You can. Ah! You want to hear Reed tell us just what he thought LeBron meant? I'm well, serious. Go to foxsportsradio.com right now. It's up and also up on the Twitter page as well, at Fox Sports Radio on Twitter. Full podcast goes up on iTunes. Uh, in about 10 minutes. In about 10 you minutes. get it all out now. there. Rate us. Do it! Give us five stars. We'll love you forever and ever and ever. Just do it! But another big thing that was told to us on the show tonight, Jay Glazer came on in advance of tomorrow's NFL trade deadline, which he already says is insane because phones are ringing like crazy. He said, you guys want the craziest trade deadline story? And we said, of course. Eagerly said, yes, of course. And he told us this story. Sit down for this one. In 2008, the Chiefs were ready to trade Tony Gonzalez. The Chiefs wanted a third-round pick and a player. And they reached agreement with the Eagles and the Packers for Tony Gonzalez. They were each going to give up a third-round pick and a player, the Eagles and the Packers. The Giants were in on the mix, too, but Jerry Reese didn't want to give up a third-round pick for the best tight end in NFL history, so the Giants dropped out. So that's the beginning of it. The trade was done. It was agreed upon. Packers and Eagles both were giving a third-round pick and a player, and it was up to Tony Gonzalez what team he wanted to join, because Tony being the player he was, which team do you want to go to? He was in the process of deciding when former Chiefs GM Carl Peterson after these deals were agreed upon, changed his mind and said, nope, not going to do it. I want a second-round pick instead. And both teams were so pissed that they said, forget it. So they didn't do it. Jay called Tony to tell him, Tony, you're not getting traded. Jay was, And, and Tony's laughing, ah, no, really, it's not happening. And Tony Gonzalez was so mad. He was so mad at the Chiefs. After that season was over, gone, and he went to the Falcons, where the last five years of his career – 400 receptions and 35 touchdowns. And that's how he finished his career with five great years. Best tight end in the history of the NFL. Can you imagine had that trade gone through for either the Eagles or the Packers? Each of those teams would have one more Super Bowl, right? The Packers, Aaron Rodgers would have at least one more Super Bowl. At the beginning of his powers, and you're adding Tony Gonzalez, who looked on an Atlanta team that was good, you're talking about a guy's catching 90 passes a year. And then you go to the Eagles, in which that would have been the end of McNabb and Michael Vick's resurgence with Tony Gonzalez. Right. That's a Super Bowl for the Eagles. NFL history completely changes. If Carl Peterson doesn't, after agreeing to the trade, say, no, forget it, I don't, I don't want a second-round pick, then Gonzalez gets pissed and leaves the Chiefs and goes to the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, I mean, I, I like Jermichael Finley, who was great for the Packers for a couple yeah, of years. He was fine. And then you had Brett Selleck, who fine. had some moments for the yeah, Eagles. Okay. But you bring in a guy. Best tight end in the history of the game. Yeah. That, Sorry, Frostberg. He's a little better really, than Antonio Gates. Really, Jason? Best? He's, yeah, yeah, a little bit better that than That would Antonio be uh, 85 with the Bolts. <laughs> there you go. Wearing, the wearing uh, his Chargers hat. Yeah, exactly. Not, not his Chargers no, he really colors. Wearing, honestly. He's really wearing a Chargers no, he's hat. he's wearing his Chargers hat. He is. I think that's affixed to his head. I don't think it comes off anymore. Yeah, okay. the GOAT plays here in L.A., boys. Okay. That would have been two more. That would have been another Super Bowl for each of those teams. For each of those teams because of what he, what he would have meant. 
I mean, that, is... that that's insane what he would have made. I mean, look, <laughs> you can you can you can break down guys say off one trade here, but this is I mean, the best tight end in the history of the NFL. I just like that it breaks out that the Giants just said we're not going that. I high. know, I love the fact and they the Giants, jump off, and that's where he wanted to go. And everybody says, "Oh yeah, the Giants they do it right. The Giants do it right." No, and yeah, because Jay did say that's the team Tony yeah. really wanted to go to, and Jerry Reese wouldn't give up a third round pick for Tony Gonzalez. Yeah, check out the whole story in the podcast. It is off. Uh, Really, something iTunes, special. Google Play, <laughs> FoxSportsRadio.com, the iHeartRadio app. You have the Reed Forgrave interview. We talked to Stefan Gilmore. Phenomenal night. We had an hour Here. with Marcellus Wiley in studio That's tonight. That's too many, too many voices. Oof. More of me. Up next, my buddy Ben Maller. This is Fox. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.